beautiful people. It is Winning Wednesday, October 12th, 2022. And this sports show starts right now. Football is here. And it is a glorious Wednesday in the middle of the season. So that means we are just one day away from NFL Week 6 beginning with a battle of the Titans. That's right. A clash of the colossal Uh two teams that have proven that they are worthy of being watched by the entire globe in this international league that is the National Football League. The Commanders are getting a point as of yesterday. I don't know if that has changed at all. Right now, as we're speaking, I don't think it's changed. I could be wrong. It is still uh, one point, and it is. Boom. The Commanders, (laughs) coached by Ron Rivera who is currently apologizing to his quarterback for having a bad day the other day when he was asked why his team was not able to be good and everybody else's team in the NFC East was able to be good after being years and years of terrible. Ron Rivera had a one-word answer. Wasn't asked for a one-word answer. Gave a one-word answer. Quarterback? Follow-up from the reporter led into a conversation with Ron Rivera chit-chatting about how the quarterback can be good in other games in which he struggled and felt like, wow, this is pretty harsh for the head coach to say about the, head, uh, the starting quarterback of your team that you're currently paying $30 million. Now, on that team, Taylor Heineke. On that team, other quarterbacks That's as right. well that Ron Rivera has maybe seen a little bit of happiness with in the past, and now he's experiencing the Carson Wentz experience, which can be incredible, oh, yeah. but it also can be very frustrating because you have no idea what the hell is going on and why that decision was made by the guy who's the most important player on the field. So can Carson and Ron Rivera let bygones be bygones and move into a Thursday night in which they are the underdogs against the number 32 ranked Chicago Bears <laughs> coming into this Brad. NFL season. Brand new head coach, brand new operation, brand new culture. Team is moving out of the stadium they're in within the next couple of years. What will the Bears be 10 years from now? Nobody knows, but they've been around for a long time. You hope it's been better. Yeah. But a lot of stats and analytics people and also football people have said, Monsters of the Midway have been little timid children of the Midway. That's right. For a long time. Long time now. The monster dogs. But they could be all the way back. And will tomorrow night prove to be the evening that Justin Fields and the Eberflus era ride into victory lane? Who gives a fuck, honestly? Yep. Yeah. Bingo. That, game, that game is going to be tough to watch. I yeah. think we all know that. But it is early enough in the season that there is a chance that these two teams, at the end of the season, if they're able to figure it out, could be around for playoff conversation. We're only entering week six. There's still so much to be learned, still so much to be figured out. But right now we feel like we have a pretty good grasp on who's going to win the Super Bowl and who isn't. Yep. That's what today's conversation will be. One of the teams that we don't think will be able to win because they just fired their head coach already. Mm. Jonathan Stewart, uh, from formerly of the Carolina Panthers, will join us to talk about the Carolina Panthers situation and also a comment that one member of the talks at table at Ty Schmidt made just the other day. I seen you two on the internet kind of uh, having a little give and take Twitter oh, thing, yeah. which I would like to let you know, as of today, I guess you have 30 minutes to edit or five minutes to edit a tweet. Really? Whoa. Some people that pay Twitter to do something now can edit a tweet within like five minutes of sending a tweet out. Oh, that's Both awesome. Adam Schefter and Ari Mirov have showcased the ability to do as such. Okay. I'm sure that won't lead to more problems. No, no of no, course no. not. I will never do How that. How could it? But on Twitter, you and Jonathan Stewart kind of had a little back and forth. Mm-hmm. Wow. What was it about? I forget what you said. And will you talk to him about today? Yeah, for sure. We posted a clip of the show, and we were talking about the Panthers, and I just said, hey, it's not crazy to think that the Panthers might never be good again. Like, they may not get it figured out. Ever. Ever. Like, and- it's certainly possible. And he said, whoa, man, too harsh. Which, 
I was like, hey, I didn't say it's a certainty, but also they've only been to the playoffs once since they went to the Super Bowl. They have the second richest owner in the sport, and they're starting a rebuild after already having to do a rebuild. It's very hard to win in the NFL. Is it that crazy to think that the Panthers may never be good again? I don't think it is. Well, and he responded, said it was too harsh. I responded and said, hey, why don't you come on the show tomorrow? Let's talk about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, we go. And that was supposed to be yesterday. Tomorrow was supposed to be yesterday. Mm-hmm. But I completely forgot in a moment of sending the tweet of, yes, this is awesome. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I was excited. I'm a fan of Jonathan Stewart. I remember how great Jonathan Stewart was. He was an incredible guy he was. Uh, for the Carolina Panthers. I was like, this is awesome. This is perfect. Let's have a combo. We were completely booked. We had four guests yesterday. What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. We're just, we completely forgot about that. Very thankful and lucky for everybody that stopped by. So I asked Jonathan if he would push to today. He said, no problem. He's on in 23 minutes. Let's go. Can't wait to talk to him. Can't wait to obviously watch, you know, everything DB. with right. right. Jay Butler. D, but how you doing, man? You've been crushing it. You've been on the road this football season, dude. You've been here. Yeah. You're over in Philly. What? This week, you're coming back here. What? Then you're going back to South Florida. What? Then you're on the road again for like 17 weeks. How you feeling, pal? You're crushing it all. We are very, hey, you're hey, killing it, dude. Yeah, it's, it's been fun. Had a lot of, lot of downtime, a lot of off time at home. So, uh, obviously, football season been busy. It's been fun, though. I'm enjoying it. The season has been... Uh, you know, pretty good, I think. Yeah. Primetime games are a little bit of a mm. bore there for a bit. So, you know, conversation nationally maybe wasn't something uh-huh. yeah. every single morning. It was with Tua's thing. That's sure. right. Absolutely. Yeah, good morning, uh, America was talking about it. Greeny brought he's this up. in a day, too. Yeah, he's back thrown on his side. Not mm-hmm. with the team yeah, yet, yeah, thrown yeah. on his side. This is part of the protocol progression from him bouncing yeah. back from the concussion that he received on Thursday night. Not have No word on Sunday being a concussion or not. That investigation's ongoing, even though they fired the UNC, mm-hmm. which what does that mean? I don't well, know. He was very disrespectful, remember? Yeah, but yeah, I understand. It wasn't because the UN, what does UNC, because isn't it the independent something? Yeah. Neurology uh, consultant. Unassociated yeah. neurologist. What is the. That's all. That's a, wow. That makes sense. Okay, it's Anki. Yeah. It's Anki. Hey, he fired Unk because Unk wasn't appreciating the nephews. He was only talking to the, his brothers and sisters. That's right. right. Angry Unk. Because whenever the NFLPA was asking him about the process, he was kind of shooing the NFLPA off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, listen. Uh, I did everything right. I'm a yeah. fucking, I'm actually a brain doctor. Yeah. So. Big Unk. <laughs> so, you know, the thing that we're using right now to talk, I fucking fixed yeah, this. I know everything about it. So, questions, stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the NFLPA, who had the prerogative, I guess, since the CBA was written, they just fucking kicked his, all right, hey, sounds good, pal. The fuck out of here. Son of a bitch. <laughs> no longer on anymore. You're out of the goddamn family, pal. And now everybody thought, oh, that must have meant that he broke protocol. Then they were very loud saying, no, it's just because he was disrespectful. So we still have no answer on the concussion on Tua from Sunday against the Bills, I believe it was. Yep. Yep. Then the Thursday one against the Bengals is the one that really made national news. And Greeny brought this up. So Greeny brought it up this morning on Get Up, which we, hey, we watch Get Up, Get sure. Up every day. Every, every day. single morning with sound. At Boston Connor, the talks table. How good's it been to see Greeny back in the Man, chair? Man, it's been incredible because he did take those, you know, three-month vacations. And it was a bummer because... It wasn't the same show without Greeny. No, it wasn't the same sports media world without No? Greeny. I let Greeny know that. Can't yeah. watch it without Greeny. I'll say it. And even sometimes. <laughs> I love Greeny that much. Yeah, I love Greeny as well. I think Greeny's very good. Got to get his golf in there. We still watch it. Not just golf. If he's been doing this for 30 years, by the way. Yeah. I meant nothing. No, no negative shit talk no. was being had there. Uh, that was me, under, me telling Greeny, like, hey. 
We're fucking out here, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Battling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need you back. Need you back. Need you back. Need you, need you back. And uh, a lot of people, though, were like, oh, Greeny's not working anymore. Greeny's not working. He's worked a long fucking time. Yeah. yeah. Him and Golick doing that early stuff, that's a long time. That's a lot of off seasons. Mm-hmm. Yes. A lot of off seasons. That's a lot of off seasons. Now, for them, it's not an off season because baseball and everything sure. like right. that. We get it. But the ratings tell us. There's one predominant time, especially if you're a full-time football show like we are. So we miss Greeny a lot. He did miss a lot of he days. Did. It was insane. He did. Hey, Greeny, how about for selfish reasons alone on this stage? Exactly. For as long as we go, you got to go. Exactly. Okay? Them's the rules, yeah. Greeny. And if Foxy's looking for second, I will second what he said. What did Foxy say? <laughs> Unwatchable without Greeny. Because it doesn't make sports media world better or because what do you think? Mm-hmm. We know it's, why. At time, Diggs is just not he's a hater, yeah, known hater. Let's no, remember that. To Tony's point, as... the Jerry and Joe's that they wheel out there sometimes. Just All right, like, hey, there's no doing? reason for that. You're, you're Boston Connor. Okay? Yeah, exactly. an eight-year-old told you to go fuck. Not, <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm the exact same. If it's not the you Jerry's weren't here, we wouldn't be wheeling ourselves out here doing some bullshit. No, by the way, I'm thinking about that, guys. I'm it's thinking about that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know about that. Slow down. Yeah, boy. I'm thinking about that for the off-season. We got a big off-season coming up. Well, you're I don't know. Listen, it, to these guys' point, you know, the show is what it is when Greeny's not there, but it's get up with Mike Greenberg and Co. It's not get up with Maz Maziano and Co. <laughs> so they, but they built the pier. They built that entire thing, I think, so that this, you know, whole show could happen with Greeny. And there's yeah. been different iterations of it. Beautiful. And Green, Green, it is gorgeous. Yeah, yeah it's great. That's Crazy. one of the coolest sections of New York City. It really is. It's Beautiful the pier city. down there, Pier mm-hmm. 17 or whatever. It's clean. Mm-hmm. Well, dude, you can walk right to Wall Street. It really is. Like I, I walked right down that fucking big bull. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Just walked right by. Like, huh? Would have never been in this part of town mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. Financial district, yeah. I think it is yeah, down there. Bull. Great walk around. They oh, got yeah. like a brick roads that yeah. have like mm-hmm. shops and shit in there. Heineken party deck, where if you know you want to get a yeah. twenty twenty two dollar yeah. you know imported brew, go right ahead. Wide. They have keg cans. <laughs> Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, I think yeah so. they did. Big fat boys. Yep. Heineken cake cans. Pretty oh, good. Nonetheless, it's a beautiful area. It Greeny is. hosts a great show. It Greeny, does. please give us a heads up on the days you're off, yeah. though. Because mm-hmm. we will do the same. You need right. that. It's kind of, and that's a massive compliment. And I think everybody that is at Get Up should take it as such, and they probably do because they do know us over here. Nonetheless, Greeny said on Get Up this morning, great show. Greeny was hosting. Great, great show. Great work, Greeny. Great show great show thank you, Greeny. Anyways, Greeny said, that whenever Tua got slung down and was knocked unconscious on that Thursday night football, Good Morning America was talking about the NFL having an issue with concussions, basically, is how he was uh, framing it. He said when Tua, or when Tom Brady got tackled by Grady Jarrett, it was football people talking about how bad it was. It wasn't Good Morning America saying the NFL isn't caring about their quarterbacks or whatever. He was alluding to the fact that the NFL is okay with these terrible roughing the passer calls, potentially, because it's not going to draw attention in a negative way to the NFL as being a bunch of barbarians who don't care about their players. Mm. And I think that's a pretty valid point. But also, it's fucking 19 million viewers on like a Sunday afternoon. We are bigger than Good Morning America. Mm -hmm. Like the game needs to be as good. No offense, Good Morning America. We love it when you Mm -hmm. guys talk about our sport. We wish it would be a little bit more positive. Normally it's some other stuff. And you guys got a lot to do. You got to change the world. I don't know if any news channel is bumping what the NFL does at 50 million, let alone all the ratings things. It's like, let's make the NFL as good as possible. I respect what Greeny's saying, and it's probably the right way to be thinking in that. But in my eyes, let's make the game as good as possible so we can continue to grow. You know, and everybody, I guess the NFL does have to kind of cover their ass, though, with the whole uh, concussion thing because of Dr. Will Smith in the movie. Yeah, and it was a. 
It was, bad, it was an ugly scene. Obviously, Thursday night football, a lot of eyes on it, with Tua being out there and then the, the reaction. So they have overreacted, I think, with the rough and the passer calls. But at the same time, it's football. And, and if we're being honest, oh, yeah. like there will always be concussion issues with football. There will always be broken bones. Bro- like that's just that's it's a part of the game. Until we stop playing tackle at full speed, like the athletes are only getting bigger stronger faster like that it's you know it's evolution so as long we're watching and playing football which i think we will continue to do we're going to have those injuries uh like the sacks though like i mean rough in the past i get it i get the rules i get the player safety but you know chris jones grady jarrett the one in uh baltimore buffalo like they like these are like getting in big time parts of the game huge so how how about this i'd like to extend an olive branch Mm. to good morning america okay to put a segment on about how these calls are ruining the greatest league on earth. Here we go. Stray hands still there? So now it's on the news, both things. Yeah. yeah. Right now we're kind of... And the NFL has to respond. Covering both sides of the coin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Yeah, did we fix this? Well said. Might have. Because Good Morning America does great work. Great oh, yeah. work. Unbelievable. The best in the game. Well, there's also... Um, the other one. The Today, Show. Today, Today Show. Today Show. Nate Burleson. CBS, CBS Morning News. Yeah. Morning. So it's kind of like the same thing? Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Different network? Throw, yeah. yeah. Whoa, whoa. I wouldn't throw just anybody in. NBC, morning, ABC, America. CBS, they all got just work. Like, okay. What are we doing? Hold on. There's another one. What's the, the NBC has one. That's the one. Yeah, today's today show. show. Don't forget about Red Don't, Table Talk. Yeah, and the morning show. Yeah, and yeah, the Today Show. The too. morning show is on Apple. That is not yeah. about... That's not a daily morning show. No. That's a story yeah, about a former. Exactly. So that's why the Today morning show. show. That's right. There's a lot of morning shows. Which one's Whoopi on? Whoopi's on. Uh, the View. Thank you. There it that's is. That's right. People love that or hate that. That's Sharon right. Osbourne. That's what I've a good show. That's see. People see? love it or hate it. Is Ozzy Osbourne's daughter still on that show? I don't Life, think I've ever watched. I thought Sharon was on it. Sharon? It's, Anyways, we need to broaden our horizon a little bit, and that's what we're saying about Good Morning America, too. Yeah. Yes. If you guys want to talk about the biggest league on earth, the greatest sport on earth, you know, a little bit more in depth, like about how, you know, fourth quarter, one team having all the momentum, one defense, down six. It's a stop. Runs a perfect, called a perfect four man game on the defensive side on a third and five. Waited all game. Gotta have it. Held that one in the chamber Mm -hmm. for the moment that we had. Mm -hmm. Started out bad, that team. Yeah, real bad. That team started out bad, bad. They were getting our asses beat. This team stinks, Mm -hmm. people were saying. What an underdog story. This this one game was an underdog story. And then all of a sudden, the greatest of all time drops back, four man game, perfectly executed. One of the best players in football, Grady Jarrett, Mm. demonstrates. The effects of positive change in the game of how you tackle people. Because he's wide open. Mm-hmm. Could have picked him up and dumped him on his head. Just slings him down. Perfect. Slings him down. Yeah. I think Brady kind of kicked. Went for a kick. Oh, Try and his ding ding. Yeah. Yeah. He went for a kick. Did that. No one's talking about that. Well, that was after the, uh, you know, Tom was just trying to get him up off of him. No, so, no, yeah, no. yeah. Tom, no, Tom raises oh, his leg. Oh, looked like he was trying to shin. Yeah, yeah, shin his ding ding. He was. It like did look Can't have it. Anyways, you don't have to have all the shin, the ding-ding talk in your feature, but what we're saying is this team came back against all odds, against the greatest of all time. Yeah. And then a call happened that was a, a judgment call from a referee that made a similar call a week before, and it's like, that's a good story for Good Morning America or yeah. the Today Show or The View or the yeah. – uh, 
Steve Wilco show. Sure. Steve. Steve Wilco. <laughs> I don't know if Steve's got her next. <laughs> he should be. I, don't know, I think we review those. I we think should. that's an easy fix, honestly. Hold on. What did Aaron say about that's uh, an easy fix? Hey, what did Aaron say about the review? He said intent is tough to be yeah. judged. And yeah, he said frame. he said that it's basically still you know like uh, it's impossible to take the subjectivity out of it because no matter what, like it's still one person's opinion on whether or not it's. It's roughing or not. And he said he doesn't know how that ever gets out of the decision process. Yeah, we've always said, and I think it's because we're the most naive group of humans. Sure. Probably. Sure. Sure. Darius, sure. I don't want to lump you in because you're not here every day. Sure. We are. We're always this. just like, oh, they might not. Uh, yeah. Who knows? I don't know. Somebody knows. I'm not even going to get into it. We might be naive, but I think like you can judge people's intent whenever you're watching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're watching instant replay. It looks like a duck. That's what we were talking about for the college football stuff with the helmet to helmet. I was calling the first year that was instituted, I was calling college football games. My first time calling football games was calling college football games on a Thursday night with the NFL having Thursday night football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Those mm-hmm. games are happening still. Thursday night college. I was on that remote operation, so we didn't even have uh, Telestrator or replay. We had, we could only see what we had on the field because we're sending the stream elsewhere, and then it's going up there. That was the first year of the helmet to helmet a thing. I got to go to a college football like summit that ESPN put down on uh, uh, in Charlotte that had like the lead rules person talking about it. How it's like crown of the head, head above shoulder, like breaking down what the rule is, how the rule is. And I remember people asking questions. I think Herbie even asked questions. He was down there, and I didn't know Herbie the way I know him now. It was at that event where we rode in the same car together, though, Mm -hmm. to the hotel from the airport, and we got to chat to each other. And I think that's the first time Herbie uh, realized I was a human, you know, Mm -hmm. just an Internet cartoon. Sure, sure. (laughs) Like, oh, no, this is how he is all the time. I think Herbie kind of recognized. But when Herbie, I think, asked a question, and a lot of people asked a question about, like, so the guy's getting kicked out of the game for that, you know? And I, I think there was a lot of people that were wondering how it goes. And if you remember that first season, it was like accidental Everybody. blows. Yeah. Guys were getting kicked out of games. It was, And I, I think the overwhelming reaction was, can we not just say, like, if the intent was to hit somebody in the head, then they get ejected from the game. Still be 15. Like, if it's still yeah. a helmet-to-helmet situation, make it 15. We understand that. But to eject somebody and to kick them out of the game, like, that's a big deal. So I, I think we've always thought that you could judge intent. And I think maybe we're too naive, I guess. Is that what everybody's saying? Because I think you can, in a replay, judge intent on a, on a, on a roughing it's the passer. It's tough with roughing the passer, I think. And, and the thing with roughing the passer is, uh, and Sean, May- Sean Payton, I saw him speak on it yesterday, I think. He talked about how, like, the ref has a, v- a certain view of it. So, like, that Chris Jones one, like, he was behind. So, he sees him falling. He doesn't see the strip and the ball and the left hand, like, the angle that we saw on TV. So, if they get those, although they say three, four different angles, now they can see it. Now, the, the, the hits in college, that's different. Regardless of your intent, if you drop your crown, you do certain things. I understand, like, hey, it's kind of like no nonsense. We're going to get you out of here for your safety and to make it that serious so that you don't, you don't hurt yourself or the other person. So I get it. But as far as roughing the passer, I think you – they did it a couple of years ago with pass interference, which I thought was a terrible – I thought that was a terrible idea from the jump. Wow, 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 Because you slow, you slow, you slow mo anything, and you know, going down the field, like it's going to look like passing the French in slow motion. But so you think impossible to judge in real time? Because I do think during the pass interference review era, there were some pass interferences that were challenged, and we watched it, and everybody on earth was like, 
That's the wrong call. Yeah, yep. Now, did the DBs not feel that way? I didn't even think about it through the lens of you guys, where it's like, yeah, if you slow it down frame by frame, that might have happened. But I'm also taught that I'm a, I, if I yeah, can get away with it, exactly. like that's a part of being a good DB. Is that what you guys are kind of thinking? Exactly. It would be similar to like holding with offensive linemen. Like that's something you can throw on every p- passing or run play. Because you guys actually have little games. Yeah, it's little There's like little that, yeah. like actual mm-hmm. tactics and techniques yeah. not to get caught, right? Exactly. You do business as business is being done. Yeah. Depending on the crew, you know coaches, we go over the different crews, the different back judges, what calls they, you know, they lead the league in or if they're in the bottom of the league in certain things. Um, so you know kind of what you're getting going into the game. And then as the game is going on, first, second quarter, you're like, oh, shit, not call the shit. Like, we're playing offensive <laughs> or defensively. You know, Until the fourth quarter, then yeah, call right. it. Well, no, actually, like, fourth quarter, like, depending, if they're calling the game a certain way, usually in the fourth quarter, it stays that way. So if they're really tic-tac, it's going to pick up. If they're letting they let the boys play, it's going to be more of that in the fourth quarter, offensively and defensively. And, and, you know, I think that's the same thing in the trenches as well. I would have to ask AQ about that, but I, I don't mind that. So I think that's from their eyes, right? And it makes a lot of sense because as you were talking about that, I, it was the first time, and this, I'm sorry about this, to all – uh, corners in the NFL. <laughs> I've never been able to think from that uh, perspective because I'll tell you why I've never been able to even think about playing that position. Sure, sure. fair, yeah. Fastest, yeah. What? Got to be tough. Right. Your cardio has got to be uh-huh. second to none. Through the, you got to be like a soccer player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. got to be a fucking soccer player because yeah. you're not getting subbed out. You know the wideouts go deep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Punk ass wideouts. They go off the field. Mm-hmm. They're taking, they're getting, <laughs> some of them are even getting air, yeah. uh-huh. getting oxygen, you know, for a first down, getting some thing. Then they're coming back <laughs> out. DB still sitting there. <sighs> had to do the last four plays. Had to make a tackle, maybe uh-huh. even because Jeez. it was a run. Now it was a call from the opposite side of the field sometimes. Jog all the way back. Yeah, and so. then all of a sudden it's, oh, now we're, uh, oh, it's oh here we go. This guy had oxygen in yeah. it. Now he's going, hey, you know what I'm, hey, we are going here. Mm-hmm. So I've never really thought mm-hmm. from that perspective because it would be rude of me to do so. Have never even thought about how you guys feel about the pass interference thing until today because I thought it was very obvious for everybody if it was pass interference or not pass interference. Felt like it was universally agreed upon on a rule and then somehow the refs on television were making the opposite. But as you started talking there, I started thinking about like in the special teams games, whenever you're covering kicks or covering a punt, there's like little tricks where you can grab people's hips and it's like a little slingshot operation that are like people practice these things to get honed in on them because you're in a spot where refs can't see you. And if you were to review... Mm-hmm. Every single play, there's probably shit like that happening yep. on both sides. So maybe that is why you hear a lot of the super high-end football people say the pass interference review thing is just bullshit if they're on the defensive side of the ball. I think we just kind of pieced it together there. It just came in right before the show that Mike McCarthy said that he's he's up for reviewing any penalty that's a 15-yard penalty. Now, that would include pass mm-hmm. interference, but that also includes roughing the pass or unnecessary roughness, stuff like that, which I think in those when, ones you can judge intent. Yeah, I think so. Face mask. Yeah, face mask, horse collar. Hey, how about that ear hole? What happened? Somebody grabbed an ear hole the other day. Everybody thought it was, it was a face mask. Giants, right? Yeah, it was on dogs. Game. Yeah. Fair game, right? Yeah, I think you were going to bat on, uh, yeah. on Twitter, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, so it was your Twitter. it looked like a face mask. From well, it was egregious, but, I mean, yeah. I ain't you know, you know, guys you away If you can grab dreads, I can grab your fucking ear hole. <laughs> hey, that's pretty solid. Because, you know, your whole, your whole head is going with the ear hole. You grab the face mask, it's a little different. You ever have uh, fro, dreads, anything? No dreads. I had a fro all through, shit, really, 
from fourth grade to 11th grade. Is it awesome or what? You had that thing big? We got uh, Randy Moss big? No, nah, you know, it was, it was something you got to deal with every day. I didn't, I didn't like it. But I was uh, insecure about the shape of my head okay. as a young kid. So I stuck with it until I went into my senior year. I'm like, you know. Fuck it. Got to rock this peanut head. Hey, I think you did the right thing. You know? I think you made the right decision. A great fro, though, is yeah. something that I would have grown if I had the ability to do so. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's like fucking coolest look of all yeah. time. Yeah, top three. Walking in with a fucking massive fro. Mm-hmm. What's your other two? Yeah. Well, what'd you say? You said top three. Yeah. What are the other two? Yeah. Dreads and uh, mullet. Duh. <laughs> Fuck. Duh. What a <laughs> fucking idiot. Come on, Tony. Uh, Mohawk? Anybody That's have Mohawk, a Mohawk? Uh, I Mo- had a Mohawk at Mo- one point. Mohawk was in there for a bit. Yeah. Had oh, run. the reason why I want to ask. Getting tackled by your hair. <laughs> Jeez. I'm not, I had long hair that went outside my helmet, and I never got tackled by it, but the helmet was so tight on the back that if you grabbed some of my hair, I couldn't feel yeah. it. I couldn't feel it because the helmet like cut off the feeling almost mm-hmm. at the end of it. But then there were some other ones that were going through some cracks. If they got a hold of that, like hurt like fucking... Yeah. Hell. Going down, buddy. Jones got pulled down by his dread the other day. Mm-hmm. You think that hurt like fucking hell or no? I don't know. Sometimes I see him come out. I, I don't know. I don't have any personal experience that way. I would assume it hurts, though. If you pull that shit, I mean, you got me, buddy. I'm going down. My long hair, <laughs> there was parts that it, I couldn't even feel. I had long-ass fucking hair. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had hair down here or whatever. It was disgusting, too. Bad hair. <laughs> Bad long hair. I was growing it out to a donator or whatever. And then I started doing this, like, little top. Like top of my head. Samurai. Yeah, like right yes. on top of my head thing that was sitting there. And I was living hilariously at the time, obviously. But that thing got too disgusting. But there was parts where I couldn't feel. And then there was other parts. I was like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's uh, relax Jeez. here. Then Terry fucking got me one day while I was standing up. Jeez. Oh. Yeah. I mean, Vinny's the man, though. Yeah. yeah. Classic yeah. Vinny. Have you seen Vinny lately? I saw him a little while ago. Looked like he. Dude. Oh, yeah. Juiced. Adam Vinatieri. What's what did that? You say? He's juiced up. He's yoked. What are you? Yeah, you you made some no, accusations. I'm not making accusations. He's got to carry like moose out of the woods. How do you got to yeah. put a moose on your back? You got to fucking beat Ad, up a little. Adam, Vin- Adam Vinatieri right now might be preparing for a world strongest man competition. Super jocked. Him and Jim Mercer from 1997 sure. yeah. are going to absolutely battle it out. Well, the Indy Star well, yeah. tweeted this uh, like two or three weeks ago, and I don't know how we missed it. I honestly don't know how it slipped through the cracks here. Jim Irsay was a competitive super heavyweight powerlifter weighing 307 pounds, eating 20,000 calories a day. At the same time, he was a general manager in the NFL. What? Jim Irsay. Now he's the owner of the team. Yeah. How many many he promised that decade? Uh, 20. What's your problem? Just saying. So I'm happy you brought that up. That leads me. Thank you, Jim, for being an absolute stallion. Okay? He doesn't have to go punish his body every single day. He's, He's born... Mega rich. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was a GM. I didn't know. Thirty-two that. years old or something like that. I think thirty-two. <laughs> how long? How long were run? You know? I think it was like ten years. I think I'm not sure. And then he bought it. Bought the team from his dad, like in person. It was like a handshake thing. <laughs> I think if I remember the story right, I was sitting at an event. The story was being told on the stage, and people were kind of having little side conversations. I was trying to have my ear to the story. Mm-hmm. I was like, did this guy just say he was fucking general manager at 32 years? <laughs> Is anybody listening to this? And then I think he bought the team from his dad with a handshake deal for like a million bucks or something like that. 1984, he was the general manager. It looks like 1995, he was day-to-day management of senior executive vice president, general manager. Years, 11 years. He was general manager for a long time, I think. Yeah, he was running the team. Youngest GM at the Until time. 97, maybe? Yeah. Damn. Cool run. Also a power lifter. Mm-hmm. No big deal. I only, I only said oh, that. Let's fucking trade up. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
the anniversary, you know. Ohio State so. champion, it says. Yeah, well, championship, I think. I don't know if he was the champion. <laughs> I hope he won. Hey, let's go. Congrats. Hey, Ohio, how do you feel about that? Yeah. yeah. Some yups kid, okay? Some gotcha. yups kid came over from Indiana to win the Ohio State. There's Ohio people right now. Good. He didn't beat nah, he he win. Win. Nah, My fucking Uncle Ned. <laughs> Anyways, Jim Irsay also put out a tweet a couple years ago well. on this particular day. And this is something that Connor alludes to <laughs> about once a week now at this point. You're damn right. Because Connor is a citizen of Indianapolis yeah, right now. Stealing my money. <laughs> now, we don't believe that your tax dollars are being used at all for the public funding that happened for the Lucas Oil Stadium in Who which knows? Jim Irsay negotiated <laughs> an incredible deal oh, for. Good business, man. But hey, pennies on the dollar. Well, I mean, go, hey, Colts are a team. Hey, for the shoe or not, dude. It's for the shoe, if they do what he promised. <laughs> Two years ago, he tweeted this particular tweet right here. Colts Nation, don't you worry. We're going to get the horseshoe at least two Lombardies this decade. As sure as the sun rises and the seasons change, it's coming. Don't you ever doubt that. Ever! You will see greatness. Believe, and you will see great people of Indianapolis, is what Jim Mercer said. Yeah. And I think this goes back to what Aaron Rodgers was talking about in that locker room. Okay? You're too big of a stooge to realize it. You too, Tone, because you started this entire conversation today. I don't know. How's you? Do you know why the Colts are struggling? Why is that? Well, if you ask Aaron, and obviously you ask Jim Mercy, two very successful people, it's because this city isn't trying to manifest it enough. Oh. This city doesn't believe enough. Remember, what you're putting out into the universe is normally what you bring back. Oh, yeah. Aaron had to told Ja that in the locker room, and just, frankly, as a whole, you know, you put negative thoughts out in the air, there's a good chance negative thoughts and negative things are going to come back. You go and law of attraction, you put a little positive out there, the universe is going to return it and give you some positive. And it's because of citizens like you. And citizens <laughs> like you. Words or spells, I know that now. Yeah, thank you. you got to be kidding me. You don't believe enough, dude. I believe, but if the Colts aren't playing well because of the slobs in Indiana, don't believe it. And that's why they're going to decide, you know what, let's give the oldest possible quarterback the most amount of money we can <laughs> so that we can, for the next three years, go 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one and not get a good quarterback that's young, but be good enough to kind of keep everybody like Frank Reich and everybody in the building. Because hey. it real, really feels like well. there are a lot of problems going no. on with the Colts. <laughs> and a lot of it has to do with some of their best players not playing like their best players. Oh, Let's be real. I, I don't think we should blame the Slavs of Indiana either. Oh, uh, well, you guys are manifesting. Myself included. To quote the great Ron Rivera, I think it's just one word. <laughs> Quarterback. <laughs> there you go. Quarterback. Quarterback. Ain't wrong. Yeah, fucking quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> that, that moment was, that was wild. Yeah. Wait, wait, no, wait. no, no follow up. No quarterback. quarterback. One word. Carson well, revenge game coming guy, at you. The guy immediately saying, like, well, Cooper Rush is. I mean, like, they weren't playing <laughs> yeah, at well, like, well, he's been around. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's good. He's good. He's, he's but you picked Carson Wentz, coach. <laughs> yeah, I still believe it. I, I think that's the moment when in his head he's like, oh, oh shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot where he was. I got to go. We're not in. This is not a private conversation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's reel this one. And you see, you know, some promise there. Good game. Well, too bad. How about Carson? Bad just ones. yep. That's coach. Coach is straightforward. Carson Wentz, man. Guy, listen. I've been a part of it, I guess. Mm -hmm. 
But we would do that to anybody, I think, in yes. that particular position. He has the talent. Mm -hmm. And you heard Ron Rivera talk about it. You heard Frank talk about it. You heard Philadelphia talk about mm -hmm. it. I think if you talk to any fans in the Eagles fan base or the Colts fan base, they'd be like, yeah, at points, this Ooh. guy mm -hmm. is an unbelievable quarterback. You'll see him do some stuff on the field. It's like, okay. Okay, this is the guy. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's like he'll just – the NFL is chess. It is high-level football happening. You cannot fuck around. Like, you, you can't. And if you do, it might work sometimes, but more often than not, the other side that is very smart is going to take advantage of it. And it feels like he's working a perfect closed Sicilian, okay? He's working, you know, he's working that chest move, mm -hmm. that old what's-her-face saw on mm -hmm. the ceiling. Yeah. And then right before he has checkmate, like he might have even had check sometimes. Right before checkmate, he just goes, ah, fuck it. He just knocks over the king, which I think you're the queen, which means you're dead or whatever. Like, he just does that out of nowhere. So I think there's always an opportunity to, for Carson to fix all that shit. But everybody that talks about football says, no, nah, he can't do it. I'm like, I think he'll continue to give people hope, though, because of what you said. On Sunday against the Titans, there were some plays he made. It was like, mm -hmm. fuck. Yeah, and yeah. then the last three games when you need it, or the last three plays when you need it on the two, yes. he, he threw three picks, only one of them counted. Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. like, it, none of it makes any sense. I, I, don't, I don't understand the Carson Wentz thing, but Ron Rivera appears to be a bit flabbergasted as well, D-Bud. Yeah, it was wild, that, that comment. Like, like he just, you know, he was in the AFC West or something. He just had a dud at the quarterback position. Uh, talented, obviously, like you said, at some point. Makes sense. Whoa, whoa, is that whoa, Russell whoa, Wilson? Whoa, 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 what is hey, you know what I'm saying? That's the, well, that's the most Derek talented Carr. quarterback oh. division, right? We would all agree on that. Sure. Oh, okay, yeah. I thought you were talking about one of the coaches. Yeah, I'm just saying. But Wilson, he ain't the only quarterback that has that. If, you know, Matt Stafford, he, at some point in the game, he's going to throw you. Yeah, so there's even more hope. Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan. Yes. I mean, Thank you go down you. the list. It's, it's a few starting quarterbacks that do it. But uh, it's a lot of other issues on that uh, commander's team. And, I mean, even beyond the team. All right, so let's go, let's go past that one step forward that, you know, I think Matt Ryan was called, what, an astronaut? Yep. Navy, Navy, Navy SEAL. SEAL. Which is so goddamn disrespectful. Peyton Manning. Jesus Christ. I'm a Navy SEAL. I will never root for the Colts, but I'm not. So, <laughs> however, if you are a SEAL and you heard that shit, yeah, you know Matt, Matt Ryan, I don't think is making it through buds. No, yeah. I also don't know if you're looking at all the quarterbacks and if the Navy SEAL is the best quarterback. You're like, fucking Matt Ryan is a Navy SEAL quarterback. So, anyways, he was described as. Uh -huh. A massive compliment, mm -hmm. a Navy SEAL, well, which might have been, you know, stolen valor. Yeah. Yeah. Now that stolen I'm thinking, valor. looking back, astronauts probably pissed too. Yeah, oh, you know? yeah. Oh, Reg yeah. called him Peyton Manning. Exactly. Peyton Manning doesn't well, talk to Reggie Wayne anymore. All right. All right. Anyway, <laughs> <First source. laughs> they talk about Matt Ryan being like this super leader, right, in the locker room. Everything needed. I think Russell Wilson is considered what? Is he? I don't know. Have we heard about Russ in the locker room or just off the field? What do we know? He's a chosen one. I don't know. I mean, you don't get too much out of the locker room currently, which I don't think you should. But if you look at how his former teammates, you know, talk about him and treat him publicly. That's interesting, yeah, isn't it? It's very, very, uh, very interesting. So I guess we can go ahead and slot that in there as one of those. <laughs> yeah. But that's kind of the conversation that's been lingering over Carson's head. So that's why I think yeah. when Ron Rivera says something like that, that takes a shot too in yeah. that particular. And it's just like, 
That was a wild scene. But anyways, Ron Rivera has apologized. They take on the Chicago Bears tomorrow in Chicago. Darius, early feelings on Commanders versus Chicago Bears. We all know that this game is expected to be terrible. A lot of bad football. Yeah, sure. It can't said. be worse than last week. Agreed. Exactly. Fucking agreed. Yeah. I, I completely agree. What are your thoughts on the game, though, so far, D-Bot? I am interested to see how the commanders come out and respond. Obviously, you, when you create that distraction as a head coach, um, especially taking a shot at your quarterback, you got to see that. Um, but, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly expecting the, another stinker, unfortunately. Uh, I believe we're supposed to have Jonathan Stewart on Oh, within the last 10 minutes. No, he's not on. We did not get him. Jay Stu. We're yeah. working through something back here. Oh, yes. Yeah. Here we go. That's what I was. Mm-hmm. So I apologize for not expanding upon what you said. Nah, was, <laughs> I think all <laughs> hell is all, all hell is breaking loose back here. We'll get back into it. <laughs> oh, geez. All hell is breaking loose in, uh, in one of my ears there. So like, Chaos uh, theory. Yeah, there's something going How come? What are we, three weeks into this thing now? Into in here? In the year three, uh, four weeks in? Yeah. Now? Four? Close four. to a month, yeah. Four. Yeah, I think four. This is week four. New things are still popping up. How does that happen, do you think? Well, we we know why. When people come in here and they pick a wire and unplug it to see what happens. Beep, boop. It does feel like that's like, what happens. Yeah, it's like MacGruber. Let's see if the boys can figure this out tomorrow. Yeah. Anyways, we're supposed, to have, we're supposed to have Jonathan Stewart on here uh, in the moments. Hopefully we'll get it figured out. But back to your point about tomorrow's game. Last week's game was terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chase McLaughlin won the AFC Special Teams Player of the Week because he was the only motherfucker that scored for the Colts. Yep. And was the only motherfucker that was even close to scoring mm-hmm. for the Colts. And then the Broncos, I mean, it was just a terrible thing. So people will still watch this game, though, right? Yes. Yeah, it's definitely. the NFL. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll still, I'll still watch. I'll still watch. How do you think the overall will be, though? And do you think Amazon they're bringing back Marshawn Lynch, mm-hmm. Marshawn, yep. or not bringing back? They're bringing in Marshawn Lynch for Thursday night football coverage, which I assume will be electrifying. But people will watch this game tomorrow, right? There's no problem thinking that they won't. No, people are still going to watch. It's the NFL. I mean, I feel like the worst NFL game still has higher ratings than damn near any other sport. And Chicago's a big market, but we were talking about it before because we're looking at this game. Oh, Commanders Bears is going to be a shitty game. Everyone thinks it's going to be a shitty game. I'm expecting like a 45 Hell yeah. shooter. <laughs> Tomorrow's an over. Points. points, points, points tomorrow. We are sitting on the over for tomorrow. What's the headline say that? 37, I believe. Boom. That, I love that. I'm going to take it at 55. <laughs> Alternate. Easy. Two is, Easy I'm, not, I, I'm not even thinking about the under. So now that we mentioned it publicly, yeah, that's now we have to start thinking about whether it's going to turn back around. No way. Because if we take this bet and we lose, on Friday we're going to be like, we we're, knew. we're naive. Mm-hmm. Look at us. Yeah. We think the best is going to happen all the time. It never does. What is the deal? Or we're waking up on Friday going, how come nothing makes sense? Like tomorrow night's game, Commanders and Bears, should be a shit show. Yeah. Yeah. Should, yeah. should be an absolute shit show. Yes. Now, I think the Chicago Bears have done some good things. Every once in a while, just haven't been able to win some games. The Commanders have done some good things. Yeah. Almost beat the Titans last week. Should have beat the Titans, probably, exactly. if you really watch the film back. So both these teams have some shit going, but they also have a chance to be great. And maybe this is a week that it turns around for them. You know, the Denver Broncos head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, Darius, said that we're going through growing pains right now. Everything's fixable. We just got to keep going. Do you believe that? Do you think like teams have shown what they are already, or do you think there is chance for massive growth in the middle of a season? Uh, still definitely a chance for massive growth. A lot of ball left, a lot of adjustments left to be made. You know, with certain teams, you, you, you know, everybody's dealing with injuries or people coming back off of a pup list and things like that. So, yeah, it's definitely – but when you look at the Broncos and watching that team, I mean, especially if you look at their division too, because you look at their, the other teams in that division that you expect to continue to get better – 
I don't have a lot of hope with that team. I, like like Russ shockingly looks it's looks bad right. this year. Yeah, they're dead. Yeah, I, I, like in the decision making, like that that interception that he threw to to Gilmore. Shout out to Gilly Lock for making that play. Shout but out. that's a that's not a throw you make, especially to that on that matchup. Like that was a, a backup receiver coming in for Sutton. You throw that when you're in control of the game. You go up six points at that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that felt like you going up thirty points in that game. So just like uh, some of the decisions and. It's not looking good out there in Denver. So Richard Sherman gave a passionate speech after Thursday Night Football last week. Yeah, it was a lot. Passionate. It's a lot. He was pissed. It was passionate. It was. It was. Uh-huh. Had to be some real genuine emotion in there yeah. to be that passionate. I assume he cares for us sure. or d- the opposite. Yeah, yeah. hates his guys. There's actual care. There's actual feelings there mm-hmm. because the passion. And maybe that's Richard Sherman on TV, by the way. True. And if maybe. that's the case, great clip. Hey, sure. yeah. great piece to add to sports media. I can't wait to watch him. I, I think his brain is fantastic. I think his resume is great. And he comes from an angle that nobody else does. He's Richard Sherman. I mean, yeah. there's, no, there's no other Richard Shermans out there. From Compton, went to Stanford, wide receiver, now a corner. I mean, just Super Bowl champ, has some of the biggest moments. There's nobody like Richard Sherman. So maybe that is just how Richard Sherman's going to be. But he was very passionate after that Thursday night football bore fest that, you know, run the damn ball, basically. And I, I wonder if we, we saw Russ on prime time, and in those moments he's making those off-script plays and he's throwing it far. All those other games that aren't on prime time, I wonder if it's super run-heavy dominant in the games that we don't watch in prime time Russ is different. Or has it always been the fact that Russ can't just do everything with his arm? Because in my eyes, when Russ signs with the Broncos and he gets Nathaniel Hackett, who's this West Coast offense guru or whatever because his dad was in it or whatever it's like and he's got weapons oh russ is gonna cook he's gonna cook but now everybody that has kind of like knows him like it sounds like they're all iterating the same thing like hey it all goes through the run game and then russ can make decisions after which is every quarterback but i think it was being marketed to us and perpetuated to us like hey let russ cook let russ cook let russ cook and it seems like his meal is a lot more uh (laughs) Yeah, a lot more of this, and then being it, which is not a that's a lot of quarterback. Yeah, yeah. yeah Brady, having Brady a, does it a lot. But, I mean, so, do you think the Broncos didn't know that? Like, do you think that's because it sounds like the Walters damn sure didn't know it. I tell you, they they didn't know it. But you always, and that's why um, coming into this year, I said I'd be shocked if the Raiders or the Broncos won. And everybody was like, oh, anybody can win this division. So much talent. Yeah, we new were quarterback, saying, new coaches. But that's moving parts. Like, you got Hackett coming in. He's got a whole nother set of issues. Already hired somebody to help him with game management. And even if you think about that fourth and one play. Forgot about that. They, they called, yeah. like, I think the defense called a timeout. Offense came out. They called a timeout. Mm-hmm. Then they come out for the third time in the same formation. So, like, before the ball even snapped, I'm like, as a defensive coordinator, as a defensive player. Kodak? Kodak? You, yeah, it's, but they gave us a Kodak, too. Usually that's something we do. We wait for the formation, wait for a shift or a motion, call a late timeout. It's called Kodak. Take a picture yeah, right, right there, running. Yeah, so, you, you, so that you know, okay, because once you get a formation, now you have a menu. Because as a, as a play caller, defensive coordinator, all you have is personnel, you know the time, uh, obviously the field position. But now, if you're giving me the formation, now I have a much higher success rate to stop whatever play is coming. Like if I know where uh, Judy is or I know where this player or that player is, now that helps me defend that play. So when I saw that, it, that's, that's on coaches. That's on, you know, even the quarterback. Hey, let's come out with something different. Maybe you have another play in the chamber. But um, there's a lot of moving parts there. They could turn it around. Honestly, I'm not very bullish on them. <laughs> but uh, it's just, man, now he's dealing with an injury too, the shoulder injury. Uh, man, it, it's looking rough for the Broncos right now, unfortunately. Well, I think, like, Lombardi has been hammering this all year. Like, 
Russ, when he he used to run a lot, and like teams would have to account for that. He'd be rushing for 50, 60 yards a game, and even in like on Thursday night, I think it was on the first possession, he had like a 17-yard run. They march right down the field. They don't score, but maybe it's because he wants to be remembered, you know, allegedly as the a top five quarterback of all time. Like he doesn't want to run anymore. He wants to stay yeah. on the field. He doesn't want to get hurt. But like that was a massive part of his game. When he was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, it was because at any point he could extend plays, yep. and if no one's open, boom, he could take off and get you 14, 15 yards, and he would do that multiple times. He just doesn't do that anymore. Yeah. What were you saying, Tone? So I was, just, I was looking at, at that. like To start his career, like the first four years, he had 100, over 100 rushes. Um, 2020, he had 83, and then last year it dropped – to 43 rushes, so 40 less rushes, and now he has 70. 40 less Russ rushes. I missed Whoa. games, too, though, last year for the first time. Two games. Right? Mouth finger. It was only Mouth two? Finger. Yeah, it was only two. Middle Shit. finger. Mouth finger. He came back. Remember, he rehabbed for 22 hours a day. Yeah, yeah. remember, he did the walkthrough on the field. Yep. Yep. Oh, like 2020 went 513 yards rushing to 183 in 2021. So, so maybe we need to add an ingredient back in a recipe if we want to let Russ cook. That's right. Yeah, but his well, feet. He's, but he's older now, though, so. Yeah, he's also missing throws, I feel like, that we used to see him just yes. hit on every single time. Yes. Like that deep ball to Judy against the Colts where it was kind of in between two defenders and he overshot him. Like, we saw Geno Smith hit Tyler Lockett that on that mortar ball. Filthy. And it felt like we saw that from Russ damn near every week when he best, was with Seattle. Ball in the game. Yeah, yeah, like that's what it was. Russ has a shoulder, right? Didn't he so, stop and yeah. see a doctor has a shoulder? Yep. Uh-huh. Shoulder can affect arm talent a lot. Yeah. I think that is something uh, you, you can see quarterbacks' balls almost start looking like bottle rockets as opposed to, you know, bombs out there. And I think maybe he had a shoulder issue. Was it going into last game or happening after last game because he stayed in LA or yeah. went to LA to get it checked out? Had to go back to the house? Yeah, it checked out. But like, it, would that affect deep balls? Because even like shoulder injury. What were yeah, you yeah. Saying, what were you saying there? What's that, man? I don't. know. I feel like I caught, like a, I heard like a, like a. a no, it's just a lot of things. Like I heard he, a voice. If he came right it, at the house, go back to the house. I heard it was it. after the game. Yeah, because like I think he came out. Nothing was wrong. Mm-hmm. So like, if you're oh. his teammate, like if you're his teammate, it's like, oh, this dude's flying back to L.A. For the, unless you have the long weekend, he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Sure. Oh, yeah, three days off. Yeah, he's good. But he did get his shoulder checked out, so something has to happen. But I think, like, that would affect your ball if he has something wrong. He doesn't Even him like, overshooting, guys? He, he doesn't. He just doesn't look like. I mean, and last year he didn't look great either. So it's not. this is not like he's just. Yeah, but in Monaco he looked good. Remember? He oh, man. Cool. With he always looks pads. cool. Yeah. And when he was throwing an AB in his backyard in wherever his backyard is, we still can't find out where that is. That's a very nice backyard. Was that in Seattle, that backyard? I, I thought that was he was still throwing Seattle. there this year, I thought, man. this offseason. Mr. Unlimited, man, he's had a great career. No. Oh. Outstanding Whoa. career. He's had a great Whoa. career. Super Bowl champion. Uh, his defense. winning percentage is unbelievable. Quarterback rating. So, yeah, sure. I mean, it, if he does fall off, sure. I mean, he had a great career. Everybody falls. Everybody can't be Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and, you know, these guys that play forever. So, you know. Congrats. Congrats. And he got a lot of money. Yeah. He's got he's a lot more guaranteed money. So, Broncos don't want to hear that. Seven years, 60 million more. Yeah. They're fucked. No. Well, hey, look. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, Absolutely. But look at, like, you know, and I'm not doing this to shit on the Colts, but look at, like, Matt Chase, Ryan. Like, if Russell Wilson is – you have to – if they want to get rid of Russell Wilson, who is going to take that contract? Because if they want to get rid of him, he's not probably playing that well. Hey, so we're going in week six. Exactly. Okay, a guy just signed for 230 million. But he's missing throws. He's uh, throwing guys behind. Oh, uh, no. making bad decisions. And, like, that last play in overtime – 
we can say great play by Gilmore because it was. But Dorlowski brought it up. I mean, they had the man beater on the backside in that bunch. And instead of doing what you're supposed to do as a quarterback, which I don't fucking know what to do, <laughs> I'm just saying, based on what the formation and the man coverage, what you're supposed to do. Like, he didn't even make the right decision. That's what Orlovsky told you. That's what Orlovsky Fucking throw at Stephon Gilmore again. Yeah. You know what I mean? With the game on the line, like. I think it's interesting, all of it, because he did just get paid. He is going to be a Bronco for a long yeah. time. For so long. With the richest owner in the NFL. It's just a fascinating situation. Uh, before we get to a break, um, because we've got to take a, to figure out some tech issues with Jonathan Stewart in the back. Zito's been on two phones. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Anytime you see that type of stuff going on, you know it's good news. I'd like to uh, address something that happened yesterday. Okay. Nice. Yesterday I was a terrible host. Okay. <laughs> yesterday I was a bad host. What do you mean? What? Because we're in the middle of a conversation. I went off on a tangent. And I said some things that I had been thinking of saying for a long time, but I gave no, you know, like precipice of what I was talking. I didn't give full context. I pride myself on trying to give as much full context as possible. That's why whenever I talk, I say a lot of words. Now, it is a talk show, and the talk show is named after me, so probably going to talk a lot anyways. But whenever I'm setting something up, I like to give, you know, full context to things because I think that is warranted so you can understand a full What's happening, I think. So yesterday I didn't give full context. I told a guy to shut the fuck up. Okay. You remember that? I did. I, did. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed it. Five, six times. Say, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. And Cliff did it. It was awesome. <laughs> hey, shut the fuck up. I don't do that much. I'm not that type of person. That is no. literally not something I do often. But this particular human called for it and still calls for it. And I'm not apologizing for doing it. I just wish that I would have laid out a little bit better context for the situation so everybody could understand why I was doing it. So for that, I am wrong. And I would like to admit that. This dude was out of line, okay? This dude is out of his zone that he should be talking about. And this dude tried to be the victim in this thing when he started this whole thing without me explaining that to everybody, I could potentially look like an asshole and was an asshole at the time. So let me dive into this. I was very fortunate to be on Monday Night Manning. I was very fortunate to be on ESPN2 during a Monday Night Football game. It is an honor of a lifetime to be in the position that I am in, to get to do the things that I'm able to do, because most punters in the history have not been able to do this. I had the opportunity on ESPN to set a record straight about one of the most embarrassing punts of all time for a punter, a negative one-yard punt that ended up from going from somebody's foot right into their ass and then up and out of the back of the end zone for a safety. It was replayed 4,000 times. In the past, I believe, and this is maybe a little selfish of me, but in the past, I assume everybody would be like, hey, punter, get the ball off. Hey, punter, get the ball off. Hey, punter, get the ball off. And obviously, punter, get the ball off. But in that case, while I was breaking down the film, there was a clear and obvious flaw in a backed-up punt by the personal protector of going backwards. There's a limited amount of space already. That's why it's called a backed-up punt. And this is something we go over in NFL meeting rooms. This is an NFL situation because in the NFL, there's different punting rules than there is in college. In the NFL, only two guys are allowed to leave the line of scrimmage before the ball was punted. In college, everybody's allowed to leave the line of scrimmage before the ball was punted. So you can just take people that maybe are going to block a punt down the field by acting like you're covering and they have to run with you. You can do a lot of things. You can move the pocket. You can do a lot of things that people see in college football, but can't always do it in the NFL due to the rules, the intricacies, and the humans that are there. So on Monday Night Football, I was able to explain that although Thomas Morstead did appear to be in the wrong here because he punted a ball right off the taint of a man right in front of him. 
It is not technically 100% his fault. The PP should never back up in this situation. He is actually taught his number one rule. Make sure the center is going the right way. Make sure we get the snap off. And then you go forward and you help cause a wall because we have to get this ball out in a shorter amount of space than we normally have. So me getting to say that on Monday Night Manning is a massive honor, I think, not only for me, uh, but also for punters everywhere who know that Thomas would have got fucking buried by everybody for that situation, an embarrassing situation. You had one job situation. This is a, uh, uh, what did they used to do on ESPN Monday? A come on, man situation. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is punter getting buried. This is Thomas Morse getting buried. So I got a chance to explain, like, hey, in the NFL, in a backed up situation, the PP's job is to not back up. It is to hold, hold. And you'll see blocks happen every once in a while, but that PP clearly, like he would in an open field punt, backed up, Mm -hmm. backed up because he's supposed to scan. I would assume he's a very intelligent football player. That is why he's the personal protector. He's given out calls. He has to pick up twists. He has to do a lot of things. I'm not blaming him entirely for being like a bad football player. I'm just saying in this particular situation, he did something that you can't do in in that particular play. I did it in a pretty entertaining fashion. You know, I dropped mm. it. Taint good. It did this. Mm. But I felt like I was doing some education. Then there was somebody that quote tweeted ESPN. ESPN. That's one of the first ESPN tweets I've ever been a part of. ESPN <laughs> yeah. doesn't tweet me a lot. Like, this is not something that happens on a regular basis. Omar, to, like, Omar does not. That is not. Me and ESPN's Twitter and social media is not a real thing. ESPN tweets this out one of my first times. It gets quote tweeted by another punter. And the punter says this on his tweet. He is also completely wrong. If Morstead had any sort of awareness, he would realize he was going to do that and adjust. A typical American understanding of punting, okay? So I said, who the fuck is this guy? America. Well, we'll go back to the tweet, but I said, who the fuck is this guy? So I clicked on his profile. Former punter at the University of Kentucky. Career QBR of 118.8, add a baby. Punting coach and pin it deep KSR podcast. Former punter at the University of Kentucky Wildcat. Who gives a fuck what the former punter of the University of Kentucky Wildcats thinks about an NFL situation? You won the Ray Guy in college. He was very good in college. I'm not saying he wasn't. You've never sniffed the NFL. You've never sat in a meeting room. You have no idea what anybody's responsibilities are in the NFL. It's a completely different style of punting than it is in college, which you were great at, I will say. Absolutely great at. But if you go back to your tweet, you're acting as if you are a fucking expert in something that you are not. And you take a shot at Thomas Morstead, one of the greatest of all time. You take a shot at me. I just got nominated for the fucking Hall of Fame. And you take a shot at fucking Americans in the same tweet. (laughs) So if you think that I'm just going to sit there and take that and be like, oh, yeah, this guy's right, (laughs) never. And I'm sorry that the situation popped up in the middle of a conversation yesterday and I didn't give full context, but fuck that guy. (laughs) Okay, that is, and I don't have a problem with all Australians. I don't have a problem with all Australian punters. I think this guy is an absolute buffoon, but him attacking American punters is wild because he's acting as if an Australian wouldn't make that type of mistake just strictly because they were born in Australia playing a game called Aussie Rules Football in which you punt a ball back and forth as a kid. Now, I didn't grow up punting balls back and forth, but I did kick a ball off the side of a house for hours and hours and hours and hours at a time. Had no other hobbies, and I love the NFL. So there might be some people that are pretty good at kicking that also have a higher football IQ than your fucking dumb ass that you were not scared you know to kind of open your mouth and run it but then just a couple weeks later 
the actual Aussie punter that I should be talking about on a very regular basis, not this knockoff Max Duffy, the actual Aussie punter that I should be talking about, Michael Dixon, who I have immense respect for. You're talking about coming over to America, working his fucking dick off, translating his game into the American football game, becoming an absolute weapon. Aussie for sure, certainly Aussie, and he does this in the game literally just the other day against the Saints. 10-10, he rolls to his right, Aussie rule style hey. ball, doesn't get a punt off, gets tackled, his awareness is at negative whatever, mm -hmm. didn't show this, didn't want to show this, hate showing this, don't like bashing other punters. That's why I felt an incredible honor to be on Monday Night Football to stick up for Thomas Morstead. But whenever this happens, it's like, okay, pal, you bashed all Americans. You mm -hmm. bashed Thomas Morstead. You bashed me. Now what happens to the guy who is the version that everybody was hoping you would be, and you don't say a single thing? So, like, that's my problem, and that's why I told the guy to shut the fuck up because he has no idea what he's talking about. That being said, hour one has completed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's get to hour two. And I assume someday me and Max will run into each other, we'll chat. But until I hear like, hey, I was out of line for talking about something that I knew nothing about. Mm -hmm. And in a moment in which you tried to attempt to save the reputation of punters, I tried to bury you because I'm a nobody at this point in my life when I was a Ray Guy guy. That'll be cool too. And all the Kentucky sports radio people that are bashing me all night, yeah. calling me an egotistical maniac and all this stuff. I'm sticking up for my fucking people. If that's egotistical and you like people that hate America... Hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. on you. Say, not just like your people. Kentucky. That's your on you. I went to West Virginia. I go there. I meet some of the local people. I like to conversate with people. I'm like, what are some things about West Virginia? They go, oh, we hate Kentucky. I go, jeez, oh, that's rude. I don't know anybody from that. I come to Indiana. I'm like, hey, how's it going, Indiana? What do you go? What's going on? Like, we hate people from Kentucky. I'm like, God damn. Jeez. Jeez. I didn't know it was because Kentucky hates America. I didn't know yes, Kentucky hates America sense, either. No. If that's the case, then fucking, I guess I got to do it too. <laughs> Joining us now is a guy that we never, ever would say that to because he's an absolute stallion and a champion of a man. Ladies and gentlemen, national football champion, Super Bowl champion, oh. Ryder Cup champion. I think this is going to work. A.J. Hall. Yay! What's up, buddy? How's it going? Can you guys hear me all right? Yeah, we can hear you perfectly fine. The question is, can you hear us? I guess this has been a problem now two days in a row. Can you hear us? I can hear you, yeah. Zeed is working his magic behind the scenes, so this is amazing. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I don't think we're going to be able to use the microphones back there, though. So no microphones in the back are going to be allowed to be turned on because we are actually connected to AJ's audio with a speaker in the back to the program that's running now through the whole entire back with a phone in front of it, basically. Like a modern-day two cups with a string between it. So cutting a promo. Yes, exactly. That is exactly what we're doing right now. So cut a promo on a guy. Go old school with audio as if we're in the basement again. Yep. It's great to be back in a good old days. Here we are. Hell yeah. Five years ago. It is. It does feel like four or five years ago. Yeah, got to go back to go forward. AJ, it's great to see you, pal. How are you feeling, man? Are you excited about tomorrow night's matchup between the Commanders and the Bears? I, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to be able to sleep tonight uh, thinking about that game going on. <laughs> but I yeah. thought I was going to ask you, how are you feeling? I know you just dumped on that dude again for a little while, got those out. It's good to get that out and let people, you know, I don't want to hold that in too, too long. Yeah, I, you know, I don't do that with a lot of people. And I, I feel yeah. bad doing it. You know, when you have a big platform, it's something that I think you should take very seriously, especially if you want to be remembered as somebody that's like, hey, be nice to people, say something nice to somebody. Like, I would like the world to be a little bit more positive. But he has a platform, too. So whenever he did the little, quote, tweet, he's the authority on punting for some people, 
You know, I thought to myself, this guy dumps on me. Thomas Morstead, who taught me how to punt, is going to be one of the greatest of all time. And American punters. It's like, fuck this dude. You know, especially like having an opportunity. ESPN's Twitter. This is a big deal for me. This is that like yeah. I was not on Sports Center ever in college, except for whenever I missed kicks. You know what I mean? Like I, I did. I was not like everybody else on every team that I had ever been on that had ever got on anything. ESPN tweets a big fucking tweet. This is a big platform that a lot of people I'm realizing with the game days <laughs> did not know I existed. So I thought this was a pretty cool thing. And then people check quote tweets. So then if people check quote tweets and then they see this guy, Barry and me, it's like, oh, okay, the former punter of the University of fucking Kentucky <laughs> feels like he can say, because he won a Ray guy, congratulations. I was a finalist for that. I get it. I didn't win it. Yeah, it's a shame. Mm-hmm. It's a shame. I will forever be a nominee for the Hall, but I didn't win the Ray guy. Nope. No. What the fuck? Shut up. Like, the fact that, you know, and then last night I was getting attacked by a lot of Kentucky and sports radio people. I got a, I got a tweet from somebody I never heard. What did they say to you? Like, what do you mean? What can they say? Oh, they said him? I was hard. Yeah, they were defending him. And it was like, I think because I was a bad host yesterday, I didn't give the full context of like why I was burying this guy. You know what I mean? Like, I just buried this guy out of nowhere. That's real heel. That's real. That's real heel. Like, not saying like, hey, this is why I feel the way I feel. People thought that I just thought, oh, this guy in Kentucky that won a Ray guy, I don't like. Taking an unprovoked shot at him. Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of people are doing that in Kentucky. Maybe. I don't know. Like I said, when I went to West Virginia, who would want Kentucky? Indiana, who would Kentucky? And then, you know, go Tennessee, Kentucky. It's like I never understood why. And then I got a lot of tweets last night where I'm like, these people are saying pretty rude shit. Mm -hmm. But in their eyes, they think that I was taking an unprovoked shot at a guy I think they liked a lot. So I think I was a bad host in doing that, which I apologize for. I do not apologize for taking a shot at that guy. Should have won harder yesterday. Should have did what I did today, <laughs> yesterday. Uh-huh. That is a tactical flaw on my end, AJ Hawk. Okay, well, I don't know if we've seen the end of it or not, but do you think it's part of his plan to try to get some pub to come after you? I hope so, and I hope his podcast does well, because the more punters that are popular, the better, to be honest. But if you're fucking an asshole, I hope it doesn't happen. Does like, there's so many great Australian punters that have come over to America that I've met that are fucking so cool, so appreciative, thankful, excited to do their thing. And then some guys make it to the NFL, some guys don't. And it's like, it's a whole conversation in the punting world. But that guy, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Yeah, let's move on. Anyways, Commander's Bears tomorrow. AJ, okay? Commander's, Commander's Bears. Ron Rivera apologized to Carson Wentz. Did you hear this? Ron Rivera. Yeah, did he, in, the, in the team meeting or what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I believe in front of everybody. He said, yesterday I was sitting at a press conference, and I was asked why everybody else in our conference is good, or our division is good by <laughs> us. Okay? That's what they asked. Mm-hmm. And I was so appalled by the question that I could only say one word, and I just literally, Carson, you see your front row. Quarterback. <laughs> Quarterback. First thing I Stand thought. Up. And then I got into a whole give and take about it all. We're all frustrated. All right, let's turn it around. Carson, I apologize that you were just the first person that popped in my head in that situation, and now we move on or whatever. And, I, like, is that how it went down, you think, AJ? I, how does Ron Rivera address that? And can they get past it by tomorrow? Is this rally the team for tomorrow for a big win against the Bears, AJ? <laughs> I mean, Ron Rivera will be a master motivator if he could find a way to spin whatever was going on. Maybe I guess he could just say, hey, they, that's not how I meant it. I, it. It came out like that. I was frustrated just in how the team's doing, whatever. That's how it came out. That's not at all how I meant it. And he could try to explain to the team and to Carson what he was trying to say. But I don't really know what you can really say when you only give a one-word answer and you only name one person. <laughs> Darius, we were talking about this earlier. And the Commanders fans hate that we talk about this. But if we didn't talk about you guys, you'd be pissed as well. Yeah, right. Sure. So it's kind of a – People are talking about do it. Do if you damned. Yeah. Damned if you damned do. If you don't. Double-edged sword. Yep. Lose, lose. Yes. Boom. 
Nailed all it. those things. As soon as we all heard it, we go, head coach can't be saying that about can't quarterback. That was your first response yeah. to it. Have we ever heard anything like this? Did you think back in your, in your time of any time a coach has come out and just said, yeah, quarterback's terrible? Like, has that, I don't think it's ever happened. Honestly, that's why I think everybody's so alarmed and surprised by this. Yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's happened. I just can't think of one um, off the top of my head. But it was shocking even hearing it from Ron Rivera. You know, I, was, I was coached by him for a year. Um, so it was just surprising you give that one-word answer. When I first saw it, actually, I think it was a PFF tweet. I retweeted that. I'm like, there's no way. Like, this had to be taken out of context. We thought it was a skit. Uh-huh. And then went right into it. Somebody put, sent me the, tag me on the video. Oh, no, it's actually worse. Like, he threw it right, like, literally quarterback. And then the reporter had to follow up with some other questions. Beautiful. So uh, you don't like that. That's the quickest way to kind of, I guess, lose a locker room, especially because you know, okay, that seat's getting warm. And then you start pointing fingers as a leader, even when it's not your fault. You put the bullshit and say, hey, it's on me. I got to do better. Oh, yeah. Defense can do better. All these other things. And then you look at Carson, number, I think he's top five passer in the league right this now. Is, and I'm then not, not the rest of Don't the do division. Don't do Don't look at the stats, man. You got, no, you got Cooper Rush. You got Daniel Jones. So you look at that division. It's not like that's why the other guys are, are winning. So Jabba, how? Yeah. Listen, Jabba's looking at you sideways too right now. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, I fuck with Jabba. Do you? Yeah, stats don't lie, with... right? They well, do. Stats lie. Stats lie. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for Carl every single year. <laughs> AJ, you hear me? They do. They're on everybody's side all the time. I can't take it anymore. Everybody has stats. Every side has stats. It's unbelievable. Carson, though, no more. There doesn't need to be any more Carson Wentz slander. He threw seven picks in one game last year. Yeah. They were all dropped. Okay? Yeah. So then at the end of the season, everybody's like, his touchdown-interception ratio is unbelievable. It's like, watch the game. Okay, just watch the fucking game. too much zip on the ball. They can't, the defenders can't handle it. Too much zip. Neither, yeah, you're right. That's I'm 100% the that. reason. But then whenever they need to be able to grip it somehow, they do. You know, so sure. defenders can't get the grip on it all the time. But then it seems like they do. Now, not just for Carson. A lot of, a lot of guys. Yeah. Not just Carson. Not just Carson. But that's is. what's going around right now, too. It's like, oh, Wentz has more passing touchdowns than, you know, Mahomes and more passing yards than Stafford and all these people. But it's like, well, hey, it doesn't matter because a lot of the stuff that he does isn't stuff you can see <laughs> on a statue. Stats definitely lie, but it's hard for you to give a one-word answer and say quarterback. I agree. I when agree. a guy is top yeah, five in passing. Sure. You know what I mean? It's 1,000%. Like, so that's, that's my only point. Because he could have said, to your point of being a good leader, he could be like uh, when they say, how come you guys haven't won? And it figured it out. He goes, well, we got it all positioned. You know, quarterback threw it for 348 yesterday. He had a, a touchdown. We had a chance to win that game. We just weren't able to do it. And defense has, you know, Chase is coming back and there's other stuff. Like, he could have given an answer in your – in your, of, yeah. He could have utilized Carson's positives because his job is to lift up – he's the head coach of the football yeah. team. It is to lift up and boost he your He could have gave the cliches that we hate to hear, right, and pumped him up big yeah. time and done what we think head coaches normally do and support their team even though – Behind closed doors, he probably is wearing thin a little bit and kind of frustrated. But instead, you know, we go a bad day rolling over. Well, and I think to your point yesterday. I had a bad day. Had a bad was, day. I, you said, you know, like, hey, if the head coach is saying stuff like this and what we've already heard about Carson in the past where it's like he's really not that tight with, you know, people in the locker room. We don't know if that's true, but that all that stuff alluded, came out. That's all been alluded all, to. Exactly. So it's like, well, when your head coach is already taking shots at a guy six weeks into the season, like – How's the fucking team gonna respond when when you come Long in the season. next day and you know it's like uh, Long head, head coach hates your guts. Why should I fucking have twelve any more weeks? Remember, GM first day of training camp for the Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins is a terrible quarterback. Yeah, basically mm-hmm. didn't say that. Remember, I, I got to make sure I kinda, get things right kinda here. Kind of said, kinda said essentially. We all got like one of the 
great quarterback. Wow. Yeah. The NFL was a lot of good players. They had a couple of great players. Our guy's not one He's of okay. those. He's below good. Yeah, we just gave him another deal, full, fully guaranteed. Great deal. It's first day of training camp. It's my first day as general manager of an NFL team at training camp. Our quarterback, not Pat, Aaron, Tom, you know, Josh. those guys you right. know that win Super Bowls and stuff. Yeah. But we'll make it. We'll try. Yeah. And they've come back. Yeah. And I assume the GM and Kirk have become boys. Sure. Mm-hmm. I assume that entire building has been together. So I think to Darius's point, this is a long season. Maybe this is when Carson decides it's time for me to be the best quarterback I can be so that whenever the, quarter, or the coach is having a bad day, his first thought isn't me. You know, let's let him blame the fucking offensive line at least. Maybe that's how Carson will view it because the hunting season's right around the corner and you don't want to go into hunting season no, with bad vibes no, no, because no. just like manifestation, you go into the woods with bad vibes, guess what? You can wear all the goddamn orange and camouflage you want. <laughs> that's right. They're going to smell that negativity and you yeah. got no shot of killing any deer out there. I also think there's a chance that Carson didn't even see this clip or hear this clip because all he's thinking about <laughs> well, he is said- and putting that new gravel down in his driveway with his bobcat right when he gets home from work. You know, I mean, he he might not even, you know, like Ron may have said something to him, and he might have been like, well, shucks, coach, that's news to me. I didn't, you know. If you wouldn't have told me, I would never shucks. know. If you never told yeah. me, I never know. He actually did say that. It's fucking harvest right now, coach. Yeah. What do you think? Coach, I got a new fucking bobcat at home, okay? <laughs> I, don't, I had no idea. I'm watching film. I'm laying seed. I'm doing all that. I, you said what about you said I stunk? No, it was probably taken out of context, Coach. Don't worry about it, Coach. Coach's like, no, I actually. No, I said you I fucking stink. I, I said, said you're it. the problem. They'll get past Look, it. Don't worry about it, Coach. Don't worry about it, Coach. Is it possible Ron Rivera's a John Deere guy and that's what the real problem is? There's a chance. Anyone with a clue is a John Deere guy, so that could be it. But No, I mean, no, because Tone said, to quote the great Ron Rivera, and the internet is telling him, you disgusting Cowboy hat wearing. I've noticed, I've That's noticed, what they're saying right now. I've what? noticed it has a lot to do with politics. I don't know what anything about Ron and his politics. Um, well, I, don't, it's, uh, I don't know if it has something to do with AJ's birthday or not. Um, I thought you were talking about the offensive or defensive coordinator for Washington. That's what it has to do with politics. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're tied together. The team is in D.C. Of course True. there's politics involved. Well, Jack Rio. Well, yeah, he had uh, his thoughts. Uh, defense, defense, D coordinator. Defensive coordinator was celebrating. Oh, AJ's Del Rio. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot he's over there. Yeah. Minor yeah. dust up. Jack Del Dust AJ's up. birthday a little too hard. That's a tough way to start a season as well. I just, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Dealing with a full political scandal. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Will the Commanders ever win? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, definitely not. New names, same <laughs> outcome, same, yeah, seems uh-huh. like. Might have new ownership. Who knows? That's Maybe. been reported on the internet multiple times. I've seen so many memes. Snyder yeah. ain't going nowhere. Well, the memes on the internet are telling us that the other NFL owners are potentially, because I guess, remember, we've talked about this numerous times with the first expose, second expose, third expose, fourth expose, law break, <laughs> Ponzi scheme, <laughs> House Oversight Committee, poop yeah. pipes. emails, mm-hmm. poop pipes, He's still Gates in falling. Papa yeah. John. The whole thing. Sean Taylor. Every time we've talked every time we've talked about all of these things that have only happened, not Sean Taylor, but the other stuff in the recent history here, we've always, you know, we've talked to Rappaport and we've talked to other people who are like, can the other NFL owners say, hey, we don't want to do business with you anymore? And there actually is, I guess, a rule in there that they can vote an owner mm-hmm. out if they feel as if, you know, it's called for or whatever. So we've always said, like, if he doesn't get it for this, yeah. how's he going? If he doesn't get it for this, how's he? And he never has. But reports now are saying that they might think about doing it. But what the fuck does that even mean? How come he's allowed to be a Jerry World, but other billionaires have to go hide in Venezuela? What are you talking about? That that obviously was something. So which billionaire was hiding in Venezuela? I, I think your great uncle. Oh, you're talking about Great Uncle Ron McAfee was hiding in Venezuela. You're right? talking about John McAfee. John McAfee was hiding in Venezuela. No, he still was still out there. No, he 
in Bolivia. What if he is? You watch that doc, me too. Did you see the last That doc scene? is scary. He was living on a boat with guns and dogs and multiple people. Yeah, multiple German shepherds, a hundred guns or something like that. A lot of booze. A lot of booze what? on there. Just on the run. And he shows up on land in Venezuela and they're like, you can't come here. <laughs> what are you guys doing? What are you doing? You can't show up with a hundred guns and a bunch of booze. What are you doing? Then he goes to jail, then he pays himself, gets out of jail, gets yep. in the boat again. He's fucking somewhere else. This guy, he's amazing. He's filming himself. His, he's got his videographer filming him smoking a cig like in a nice scene inside a jail cell somewhere, I think, in Venezuela. And he got a documentary crew to film his documentary crew. Genius. Where, where yeah. is this? What is this on? John uh, Netflix, right? I think it's Netflix. Yeah. It's John McAfee. I'm not related, but some of the decisions this guy makes through some goddamn the McAfee family tree. (laughs) He's got some wild seats down there. It seems like he is a maniac. I was just saying, Dan was out running a subpoena, and now he's just in Jerry World a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I was there. That was interesting. Did they find him? Because remember, he had his pockets taped, and he had duct tape around his hands. Right. So when they tried to subpoena him... Nobody want me to do. Couldn't stick to him. He never saw it. Mm-hmm. They said we delivered a subpoena, yeah. and Dan Snyder's like, when, where, how? I didn't get it. Then he went to Napoleon's Island. Yep. Yes. Napoleon's home island. Found a park. Yes. Mm-hmm. Went there with his yacht, parked out, skipped the House Oversight Committee. Yes. Then he got summoned again, and I think he did it via Zoom, right? Yes. Right. And that one wasn't closed public. door. Yeah, it was yeah, closed no. door. Nothing happened. So he ended up winning, and then he goes to a game in uh, Jerry World and just does his thing. So that guy is... A maniac. He's guy. a cockroach. You cannot kill yeah, him. Yeah, he survived. I mean, he he survived the Me Too like movement. Oh. You know, taxes. Yeah, like, yeah. it's a lot of shit. He's still. Over. He's got to have a lot of shit on a lot of people. Oh, that's yes. why he went to Dallas. Because Jerry, remember, he told Papa John. Him and Jerry were on the same email chain. <laughs> hey, Papa, we need you to get Roger Goodell fired immediately. The Cowboys are famous for. Um, What's that? And he loves. He he loves cheerleaders. All right, let's move oh. on. Jerome Boger, okay, will be what? officiating the – what's that, AJ? You got, you he loves what? The segue. He loves cheerleaders. d remind me oh, of the – Oh, cheerleaders. You're thinking he has photos or something of Jerry's? Well, that's that? what he was doing with his team. Anyways. Oh, Jesus Christ. There is a chance – Come on, Tone. That I that's real life. I'm but just... also, I wonder when and if they'll ever do that. And how about expansion teams? How do they go about who's going to own those teams? Because they're allegedly starting a division in Europe in 2025, I believe. Ooh. There's a Delta plane that's supposed to be the Concorde that's able to get from New York to London in four hours or something like that. So when that happens, everybody's assuming there's going to be an NFL expansion because when Jim Irsay was on – our show. We asked him about expansion of the program, and he said, "Well, Concord was supposed to get us from New York to London <laughs> in like four hours, and then that stopped happening, and then the world got much further away. And the moon is eighty thousand miles away. <laughs> the Mars, two hundred and fifty thousand miles away. So, whatever you're talking, and I think you'll get there once in your lifetime, Pat. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> so he was talking about expansion and growing in distance kind of being the issue, not so much the fan base. So I think him alluding to that with the thought that there's another super jet coming in, I think that is, you know, maybe planned together. Roger Goodell leaking this a couple years beforehand is normally a bureaucracy, the NFL, really slow to kind of move through anything. A lot of people have to pass on. seems like it's already been a conversation and good for the NFL, good for Europe. But how do you figure out who the fuck owns those teams, AJ? You know, yeah, How do you figure out who owns them and how do you figure out, like, how do you 
how are the rosters made up? Do you do like the NHL? Don't they have like when they have an expansion team, they have an expansion draft, and yep. you have to like protect certain players, and some players are not protected? Will we see something like that? Yeah, and you have to have a home base back here. How do you work players out? How do you and do we pay them more for traveling and living over there? All those logistics seem crazy to try to figure out. How do you play a full season? Yeah. How yeah. all of it is just going to be tough. Add two rounds to the draft, like a lot of money. Though. More picks now too. A lot of money. Hey AJ, you saw that Tottenham Stadium? Packed. Pretty nice. Yeah. Packed, though. Yeah. Packed. Filled up. Yeah. Every game over there, filled up. Yeah. Munich, Germany, what they had, like, 17 million people trying to get 70,000 yeah. mm-hmm. tickets. In, like, yeah. the first like, six minutes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it was also a lot of ticket people trying to mm-hmm. scam yeah, yeah, yeah. people and shit like that. But the amount of hey, – it wasn't 17 million. It was 500,000. Yeah, 570,000 or something like that. Yeah. It was an absurd amount of money. 5X, 10X, whatever it was. Or amount of people, I mean, to get in there. So the – the want is there. How would it work? I'm happy I'm not in the NFL. I'm happy we're talking about it. Like, we talk about these England games like they're cool. When we went and did it, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. Fucking hated it. Everybody hated it. Hated Everybody hated it. it afterwards, hated it beforehand. Aaron right now and them are dealing with it. They didn't have a bye week. We didn't either. They're like, Monday, we're trying to figure it out. Tuesday, we're still trying to get back into it. It's just a, a complete kick to the nuts of your entire routine, which is what an NFL season is, Groundhog's Day. It's nice. It's not nice. It's a logistical nightmare, whatever. It's a cool experience, but I'm happy I'm not playing in it. How would it work, you think, with people living over there, D? But I do. You'd ha- have a home base, you think, where people would work out? And would that be where the office is, you think? How do you think it works, Darius? You have to have something over here, but uh, what do you say? Is it be four teams? So you'll have four new teams at the same time? I think so, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I feel like you'll definitely have to expand the draft. Uh, how, did, how did they do it with the, when the Panthers came into the Panthers and Jets? Well, with the Texans, I think they or did Texans. do the same type of thing where, like, a certain amount of guys on each team, like, the, the Texans basically just got them, and then they obviously got the first pick in the draft. But they, so, so, Nick, I don't want to cut you off, no, Ty. You good. might get to it. Are you going to talk about the supplemental draft right now? Is that what uh, that is? N- no, I don't think so, but I assume that's that's part of it. So what is it, Nick and hockey? Whenever they have an expansion, hockey's done this a lot. You like can offer up, like every team has to offer up like five guys or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they you offer. You can protect certain players. Yeah, yeah, there's a protection list, and it's any combination of something like seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goalie. Then the rest of your players are exposed unless they're like entry-level contracts, which are rookies who are mm. just drafted or have only played like two or three years or so. You know Brant Boyer? Yep. Special teams coordinator right now for the Jets. I'm happy they're having success for that guy. Yeah. Zach is back. Hell yeah, Hell Zach yeah, is yeah. back. But Brant Boyer was a special uh, special teams ace. Back whenever it was like, hey, run your face into a wedge. 12 years, that guy. Beast. Oh. Stud, dude. We're talking, hey, AJ, you would love Brant Boyer. Back when like Larry Izzo was doing it, like yeah. that era? Yeah, 12 years. He is flying right into He's the concrete head and absolute. More yeah. courage than anybody. Yes. Four-man four wedges. Oh, it's been stacked on top of each other. They had wedges on top of each other, so if you hit it, they would fall into the other wedge. So there was not – I mean, it was – it was insane. Go make a pile. It was – my first kickoff in the NFL regular season game, I'm like, holy – fuck, we're kicking off from the 30, so there's really limited touchbacks. Like, hey, we're going to get some collisions. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we are – we're going to get some clear. He was playing during that era. Like, badass dude. Guys trying to kill each other. Yeah. It <laughs> yeah. is. We do not care about anything. But he was with the Browns, I think. And then he got offered up to the Jags expansion team. He was up in the thing. So he ended up going down there. They just kind of, they, they like take, that would be an interesting, I think, if I recall his, we were talking about it one morning because we were talking about the expansion shit. I don't, I don't know how it would work. Because I think London was supposed to get the Jags. 
So it wouldn't have been a thing for a long time. Like the Jags are just going to become a yeah. London team. So we still have 32 teams. Mm -hmm. They'll do all their home games for like the first half of the season, and then they'll fly back, and then they'll have a home base in probably Jacksonville and just have all away games for like the last half of the season. That was always kind of like the conversation. But expansion-wise, I think every team has to offer up, guys. That would be hilarious just oh, out of nowhere. Yeah. So yeah. you guys turn it down? What if some old guys are unprotected and they're sitting there and they may want to play another year or two? And they realize they got to go overseas somewhere like, nah, I'm good. Like, I bet we have a couple of people pull out for sure. So I'm living in – somebody's getting a phone call. Yeah. Mm -hmm. somebody, is that somebody getting called to the expansion? Darius Butler, congrats. You're on the No, but that is a like just sitting in Indianapolis. You're on the Colt. You're like number 25 on the roster, 26 on the roster. I guess that was so Backup linebacker oh, or something. Oh, man. Got a family, probably played five, six years. Yeah, you know, man. you're a special teams guy, just kind of doing your thing. New house. Hey, uh, you've been offered up for the expansion draft. What does that mean? Well, any of these four teams in Europe can pick you in. There's only enough players going into the expansion draft for everybody to get picked. Yeah, you should you will be selected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're going to Europe, dude. We don't know which one, but it's either in London or Germany yeah. or Ireland. Like, it's going to happen. Because in college, you know, everybody just kind of – appreciates and respects the draft. You know, and Florio used to have the big run where it's like, it's the only profession where you get drafted and, like, you have no choice. Like, mm -hmm. hey, congratulations, you're moving to this thing. Mm -hmm. But we're lucky to do it. You get lucky to get drafted, get an opportunity to have a job, and there's a lot of jobs that you have to travel for. So there's a lot of high-paying jobs that you have to travel for. But there is a, something to be said about not being able to pick. Imagine being 29, 30 years old, oh, having a whole God. thing. Jeez. You have no, it's just like, all of a sudden, I'm in London now. All right, sweet. You get to be there, though, remember? You get to be a London Admiral or whatever the hell you're going to yep. be. You don't have to. It's like, well, I, I wasn't thinking I was going to be a fucking. But, yeah, well, you're right, though. they got to be laying the groundwork now for if, they're, if they do plan on doing this, like talking to potential owners, right, all the people out there that would put a group together and want to own one of these teams. And it would be European owners, I would assume, right? It would right? have to be, right? It would have to. You'd want them to have the like a little yeah. bit of like soccer. Take pride in their right? hometown team or whatever. Yeah, unless it's going to be like Wrexham. Yeah, you know, sure. Half the EPL is now owned by Americans. So, mm -hmm. well, and shout out. Sorry about it. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Well, and they're trying to push those Cutter. fuckers out. That'd be tough, man. Or if you're one of those players who like, you know, get cut and back on the team, get cut. Like, imagine going from practice from Europe back to oh. Atlanta, back to Europe. Uh -huh. and like, come on, man. Yeah, because there's guys that get signed on a Friday. <laughs> yeah, and then they are cut on a Monday. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then they're brought back that next Thursday or Friday or Saturday. Even fucking, yes, yeah, Saturday guys getting signed. Hey, you're flying to you. Hey, go. expand again. How do you do camp? Yeah. You do camp over there? You do preseason games? How's that work, you, too? You would have to do it in America, right? You would have to have a base at home, I think, here in America. I think you would have to. Because yeah. the amount of people at the end of camp. Moving. Congrats, guys. Let's go take the old flight. Don't worry. We even got, those four-hour flights aren't here yet. we got an 11-hour. Have fun. I think they're waiting for those flights. Now we'll Hopefully that works out. Hey, will practice squad guys that are getting signed to practice squad get the four-hour flights? Or will they get the... Oh, no. Yeah, Jeez. teams are not getting four-hour flights. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, you hey, go. You're flying coach. Yeah, good hey. luck. You're actually standing up. You have to stand up the whole time. <laughs> you got maybe, maybe a cargo ship. For the Concorde flights. What's that, Val? So you got to be the guinea pig for the, uh, the yeah, new flights. Gotta, Let's assume geez. those are happening already. Let's yeah. hope. To AJ's point, do you think to, by the time that happens, preseason might be done? And like by the time they add four teams, there won't be there'll be two games, there'll be no games, and there'll be eighteen games in a season. I think there always will have to be at least two preseason mm -hmm. games. I think because it's like um, 
you know, a chance to see guys. I don't think players, starters, should be in those games at all. I think that's going to. I think that's going to whittle yeah. quickly. That seems to be something that is. Uh, Already we're, has. We're playing guys. We're playing guys. We're playing guys. We're not playing fucking anybody except know. for Josh Jacobs. Right. Some of the better teams that started out better this year played their guys. Not Chiefs, week one though, right? Not Chiefs, week four. Bills, they played their guys as starters, and like Rams didn't play their starters. So I don't know. It depends on the coach. I think. You like preseason or no? No, I hate it. I think you, I, I like getting a few reps, you know, just going through routine, getting a couple of series, getting the calls. Uh, so I, I don't mind it, but, you, you know, you get out of there once you get kind of the mechanics. What if they just completely change the entire system? And in my head I just thought of this, so I'm sure there's going to be a lot of holes to pick through it. But why don't they have one preseason game for, like, your guys, you know, your team? Like, hey, get the reps. Let's do the warm-up. Yeah. Let's do the whole thing. Let's figure it out. Let's play it like it's a preseason game. And then there's, like, a pool games that takes place. Where, like, hey, these are our bubble guys. These guys are going to play. Their bubble guys are going to play. Like, it's just like a showcase game almost for, you know, the bottom end of the rosters. So guys, like, can't play guys that are already locked in. Now, GMs and coaches will ruin that. But I think you could use it as an extra, like, opportunity to look at guys from other teams. And you can have your team guys. Like, I think if it's, like, locked in for that, nobody would do it. And I think players would agree to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess I, I wonder, yeah, how, how many players would that be? And what if you pulled all the players? What if every team? I don't know. You couldn't say that. What if you had like 10 guys you put out in the bottom of your roster at the end of the preseason and you put all of them together and then they make up two teams and they play against each other? That would be sick. I yeah, here we go. Mark this. Two weeks Clip before it, the season. It's like the senior bowl almost, but it's at the end yeah. of training camp. Yeah. You know, because there's those two weeks off. So all the guys that are bubble guys for teams. How pissed would you be if you went from, like, starter to bubble guy and all of a sudden you're in that game? <laughs> oh, my God. Better ball out. <laughs> Who are you going to ball out with? Yeah. yeah. guy you never or played football really with before? Like your coach is yeah, just pissed yeah, at you and he man. puts you in the bubble game. Hey, that's, like, that's going to be a threat in OTAs. I mean, you stop. You guys don't run to the ball. <laughs> you play the bubble game. So you get two preseason games for every team, and then you got the bubble bowl. Mm-hmm. Which is the last week, yes. which is people that aren't on teams anymore. And that's for that week in between. The cuts. Hey, the guys would be juiced for that game. It's like an extra opportunity yeah. for the guys that did, just got cut or whatever, you know? But then guys like Russ Wilson, who won all the reps, might volunteer to go play quarterback sure. for one of the squads in that game because they're always working. Well, always Russ is not playing in play the bubble. He didn't, yeah. he didn't play at all of the reps. Rustin probably should have been a new system. Right? Yeah, yeah, I looked into the Texans expansion draft. Okay, here we go. That's Each team had to put up five players uh, for an expansion draft that was a month before the regular draft. You couldn't have a punter or kicker as one of your five players, and one of the, the and the five players couldn't be someone who's going to be an unrestricted free agent the next year. Mm. Um, a lot of teams use it as a salary cap dump. Uh, anyone Damn. who they thought was Genius. old and maybe they wanted to get rid of their salary, a lot of people put those five players up. Texans had to draft thirty players uh, from the one hundred fifty player pool, or Colts are looking twenty seven point two million in yeah. salary, which was yeah, about forty percent of the salary at the time. So. Those were the rules pretty much for the expansion draft. So I couldn't put Matt Ryan up. I was Literally, as you were laying out the rules, I didn't listen to all the rules. Because Squirrel, I thought about Matt Ryan getting put in. Is he going to be an unrestricted free agent next year? You can't can't make four teams out of that, though. No, he's going to be a cut next year. Well, this was just one team. I think they'd have to adjust. Yeah, probably 10 guys. I guess yeah, they would want to dump, but it would be a, you're right. It would be a salary cap dump. That's what it would be. Every GM would be like, "Thank God, okay. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Congrats, congrats to the Dusseldorf Dragons. 
guys that normally get cut. Yeah, Matt right Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Matt Ryan is starting court. No offense, Matt. You're going to turn around. Hey, yeah. you're going to turn around. Long Let's season. go, Matty. Long season. Not a ball left. Then that's, hey, we've got an expansion draft coming, though, so think about that. You that's get why sent they to Europe. also give them the number one pick then, right? Correct. So that too, hopefully yes. there's uh, a young, good quarterback that they can draft as opposed to having to. Unfortunately, uh, it was What is the first pick, though? Caught. If there's 14. Well, that's why I don't pick. know if yeah. they'd be able to do it all at the same time because whoever gets, like, the fourth pick, it's like that team's going to stink. Yeah, but how awesome would it be if 15 quarterbacks ended up in the expansion? Like, that start- would be sweet. No, yeah. we don't want to pay these fucking guys. Sure, it might. Here we well, go. How hey, many- here's, a tight, here's a wide receiver that you guys can afford three of the players from the expansion <laughs> gym. Here's Kenny Galladay coming in with $30 million yep. hit cap it. Uh, Matt Ryan's coming in with $43 million cap it. Here's Jimmy. Jared Goff, another $40 million mm-hmm. cap Jimmy it. Jimmy probably would have been in there this year. Jimmy Garoppolo going mm-hmm. in there. And these teams are like, oh, 25, 43. We can't even. How what are we, we supposed to? What the what hell? <laughs> we got stars everywhere yesterday, but fuck. We can't pay. How would that work? Do, do they get oh, a was, higher salary? There cap? was twenty-five Pro Bowlers in uh, that were in that um, expansion draft. Yeah, so probably exactly what we're talking yeah. about. Oh, good way to rebuild a whole team. Fucking reset the contracts. Mm-hmm. To your point, Pat, uh, when that happened in hockey with the Vegas team, one of the reasons they were so good coming out too was they were incentivized to take certain players. They were offered draft picks by the teams giving away players like, hey, we got a heavy loaded contract here. If you take this guy, we'll also throw a pick oh. to you guys for getting them off our books. Yeah, and that's what they did with Mark Andre Fleury. Well and they oh, also stoner. said, hey, we don't yeah, we don't care what happens. Give us fucking stoner and we'll be good. Yep. Well and behold. Did you hear what the Golden Knights did last night, AJ? Uh, I did not see it. What happened? Well every single Golden Knight that Ty said yesterday Scored. Ty might be a hockey prognosticator at this point. I said it. Hey, Stoner's got the cement out of his skate. So the fucking NHL is on notice right aces. now. Walker, yeah. Aces is looking. He's He had pocket aces last night. Let's just say that. Oh, oh, yeah. Wild Bill. <laughs> Wild Bill cut his hair. He looks so goddamn fast on the ice. It's unbelievable. How did he do? He scored a goal. What? No big Wild deal. Bill, Aces, what? and Stoner. Stoner game what? winner, 25 seconds left in the, in the third period. Looked fast. Looked so fast. No cement in the skates anymore. Let's just say you could – I mean, there's really no – I know we're one game in. There's no point in playing the rest of the season. The Golden Knights will be hoisting Lord Stanley's Cup at the end nah, of the season. because the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to be doing it. We haven't even started yet. We play tomorrow against the bum-ass, bum-ass team. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Flyers. And whenever we get on – No, the Oats. You guys the got the Coyotes. Oh, yeah, the bankrupt team. Yeah. yeah. Pens are about to do what nobody's ever done in hockey. So everybody needs to go ahead and tune in to what's going on with the Pittsburgh Penguins this mm-hmm. season. First NHL team to ever go completely undefeated. Wow. 82-0. Starts tomorrow. Holy shit. <laughs> Pittsburgh Penguins are doing that. Hell yeah. Darius, I know wow. you're a big hockey guy. You're Huge. a caniac, aren't you? You're getting a chance no, to witness something. No. Oh, you're a Panthers yeah, man. Come on now. You know South Florida. We won our first playoff series. Oh, here last we go. Season. Yeah, then you got yeah. swept. Like, you know, yeah, then got ass kicked by the uh, Lightning. But, uh, you know. Yeah, Lightning were a wagon, though. Go poach. Build a step. Nick told me we should be good this year. Yeah, okay. No, you knew that, though. You're a big hockey guy. Just like Ty knows a lot more players on that team than those three guys. That's right. Fucking, do I need to, you know, talk about Max Pacioretty, which <laughs> sure. uh, they may have actually gotten rid of him. Yeah, but they fucking, traded him. Yeah, Alex Pietrangelo had fucking two, you know, two apples last night. He's a great player, too. Jeez. Good luck to all the hockey players. Yeah. yeah. AJ's current Twitter profile pick. Is him dumping Laura? Lord Stanley mm-hmm. right into the mouth of Jack Johnson. That's right. After he won with the Colorado Avalanche. Great photo. It's a great photo with a great tweet from last night. Spoiler <laughs> alert, says AJ Hawk. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Tyvis Powell says, if you broke your right foot, do you think that you'd be able to drive with your left foot? 
Now, this is not what AJ does. AJ no. drives with both feet. Mm -hmm. Right. The question was, if you had no right foot, only driving with one foot, could you do it with your left foot? AJ, spoiler alert, yes, if you have an ounce of athleticism. AJ, did you think that he was talking about driving with both feet, or did you understand the question here, and you just think the answer remains the same? I understood the question. I love Tyvis. He is a great dude. I know him well. Um, no, I understood question. exactly what he's saying. It would, it would not be fun to drive just left-footed, but you could absolutely do it. What about driving just right-footed? <laughs> oh, no way. I mean, that's just stupid, but yeah. <laughs> you drive two feet, one foot? Nah, one foot. Yeah, because you're foot. a human. You're not you're a that's a Tyvis question. The Tyvis played with the Colts. When? I think you were there. pretty sure you were there. I don't know what years, though. You sure? Yeah, I think I think that was Tyvis, good guy. Great guy. <laughs> Great team. Man. Ohio State guy, right? Yeah, that's I think. Oh, jeez. Was he a good guy then? Is he your team? Was he on your team? No, he's he's much younger Very than young, me. Yeah. But no, I met him through everything, you know. I don't remember Tyvis. Tyvis seems like a great guy. Yeah, great question. Like yeah. Great Anybody question. that's pontificating those things on Twitter, I'm a fucking fan of. He was probably running down there and pointing for you. No. You don't even remember. He no, I would. Tyvis, yeah, I appreciate you. Tyvis, I appreciate you. Is Mitt doing that right now? What? What? Driving with his left foot. Yeah, 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 he is. Mitt has an ounce of athleticism, though, don't you? Hey, Mitt, you driving left-footed right now? He's dialed in. He's coded in. Yeah, he said, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's driving a Mustang left-footed. There's yeah. some what? sort of weird fur stuck in his grill. He, I don't know, he hit something. <laughs> yeah, he said he damn near demolished a deer so, the other this is, this was This was like, I don't know, I think what? he hit a, a furry or something. It's, it's hard red. to it's get like red. It's hard to get to the brake with your left yeah. foot. Yeah. yeah, he was also going 150, so he just obliterated this. Can't have that. Thing. Hey, stop speeding. Come on, right? Mitt. Don't well, do that. Didn't that. the semi almost take, take his door off and yeah. almost take him with it? That was yeah. not his fault. That was a while ago. He yeah. also Mitt was parked in a very okay parking spot with a very okay parking job, mm -hmm. and a truck was pulling down a road that he probably shouldn't have been turning down. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tight road. And Mitt was there with the door, and old buddy just took <laughs> his door off. Hey, the truck's coming through, yeah. basically. Sorry uh, about it. Uh, Boom. And then the truck driver had the audacity to get out and motherfuck Mitt like it was yeah. his fault. I'm mm. right way. What the fuck, man? <laughs> bro, I paid the what thing. Bro. <laughs> Mitt, we're happy you are. Well, you're not, but we're happy yeah. you survived that. Happy you're back, yep. Mitt. Way to go, Mitt. Happy you're back, Mitt. Uh, Jerome Boger will referee the Jaguars-Colts game. Oh. Okay. First, my reaction was, come on. I actually did the liar, liar, uh, Jim Carrey, oh, come on, which is a great gif on mm -hmm. the internet. Spoiler alert, if you're going to start dialing in on Twitter, like I think you should because you were built for it. I was a little bit alarmed by that. But then you dive into the analytics of Jerome Bugger's game. Sounds like it's a great day to be a Colts fan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Adam Lefko, Bleach Report, please don't take us down. We apologize, Bleach mm -hmm. Report. Please. Please. Adam Lefko, why, Bleacher Report. Why would they take it down? You never know. We don't know. You never know. <laughs> we yeah. don't know. Okay. Vaughn's all on yeah. program. Uh -uh. Okay. Vaughncast is awesome. Creating great clips. Mm -hmm. I think everybody should watch it. Brought right. to you by Bleacher Report. Lefko, also a part of Bleacher Report. Yep. We do not want to step on any toes at Bleacher Report. Definitely not. With that being said, Lefko also works for Turner. Oh, I think that is Bleacher Report. Yeah, yeah, same yeah. thing. So Turner, we watched, I watched TBS last night. Costas was calling a game. Didn't expect that. That's that was right. a nice little treat. Turner, respect you. Yeah. Have a lot of respect. Pink eye guy. He did. He did at he one did. point he have pink eye. In Sochi. Guy. That's what he's remembered for. That was an Olympic pink eye. That's right. Olympic pink eye. And he powered through. Remember, that's what Costas says. Is he normally calling baseball? Yeah, he does call yeah. a lot of baseball games, yeah. Really? Yeah. Because I only watch the bigger games. Sure. Baseball Costas? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know this. I thought he just started back doing it again, right? Well, it's, he came up doing that, though. 
When? When you when weren't alive? Like when? He definitely, like, you texted me last night. I don't think he's done a playoff baseball game. At least I can't remember in, like, the last 10 years or so, probably. I turned on, on Apple. I, who is he doing Apple? Uh, I don't no, think he'd be on Katie Turner. Nolan. Yeah, their booth is locked in. So I go like this. I do. I turn the game on. God, this game's fucking slow, right? Nothing happens <laughs> for, like, the first 30 seconds. Nobody's even saying anything, and it's pretty quiet. Mm-hmm. So then the voice pops on him, like, that's Costas. I know that guy. So that's when I texted you, and then he did a shot in the booth. It's fucking Costas. I right. had no idea that he... 20 years since he's done a full pro postseason MLB wow. series. There we go. I love the reaction I got from Ty and Diggs when I asked if Costas was calling the phone. Yeah, he always calls it. 20 well, fucking well, years. I know Greeny's, that's Greeny's hero, and then Greeny loves MLB and wants to be the commissioner, and he loves Costas because he listened to Costas calling MLB growing up. He does games on like MLB Network during the season, but yeah, he hasn't done that. I haven't heard him do the playoffs in, I, guess, I mean, 20 years. So the, a lot of the world being introduced to Costas playing baseball or calling baseball for the first time last night? Yeah, for sure. Okay, I felt like a fucking idiot. I was like, I didn't know Costas calling baseball. thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Different style. Mm-hmm. Different style than I think I've heard in the past. Good game. Yeah. Go for the Yanks. Wish we could have got seven runs in. Was he able to fit his horse it? in the booth? What's that? The his horse that he rides, it's very tall and very high. I didn't know if he was able to get it into the booth. I didn't see, but I do think he was at Yankee <laughs> Stadium, right? Yeah. So I think he was. It's a big booth. I think he was. He got it in there. I think he was talking down into the mic. Mm-hmm. Joking, Costas. You're changing the world. We know it. Thank Who you, was Bob. with him? Who else was in the booth with him? Ron Darling. Of course. Okay. What a darling. Yeah, he's a sweetheart of baseball. He, nonetheless, I was surprised. I Costas interviewed Vince, uh, Vince McMahon a while back. Yeah, it went well. I think I saw mm-hmm. that clip whenever, you know, I was about to talk to Vince McMahon. Yep. A I lot of people Vince. were texting me saying, hey, this is this what yeah. Check it out. What it is. But I was, uh, you know, I was watching the game. I was surprised by Costas. Welcome back to baseball. Yeah. Here you go, Bob. Yeah, you, Bob. Anyways, Turner owns that. I didn't know Costas worked for Turner. I guess he's just doing TBS games for him. Lefko, a Bleacher Report. We are fans of Lefko. We don't want to start any shit here from Bleacher Report. We're just reading a tweet. That's right. Just reading a tweet. That's all. That's it. A Lefko tweet. Mm-hmm. Not from Bleacher Report. Well, well yeah. Lefko. By way. By way. By way. Adam Lefko, by way of Bleacher Report yeah. and Turner. Yeah, yeah. 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 so kind of. So we don't want to step on any toes, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He posts uh, that since 2016, home favorites in divisional games with Jerome Boger are 18-3 and three on the money line. Okay, that's 86%. We like that. In the same 21 divisional games, home teams are 12-7-2 against the spread. We like that. Home favorites of seven points or more in that 21-game span are 4-2-1 and one against the spread. Divisional game totals with Boger officiating are 19 and 14 to the over. Oh. Since 2016, Jerome Boger has officiated four Buccaneers games in the Brady era. Tampa Bay is averaging 32.5 points per game at home. That increased to 35.5 points or whatever. So, I don't know about that last stat with Tom Brady and the Grady Jarrett situation obviously leading to this research. Mm-hmm. Colts are winning this weekend. Let's go, yeah, team. Right. Lock it in. Lock it in. Against the spread and money line. 64%. That's as good as 100% in a lot of cases. Yeah. Fucking Colts are undefeated this weekend. Chuck's hitting the anvil before the game. What? Oh, Oh, yeah. Chuck Pagano is fucking. You know that. He's fucking going to bring that. Yeah. Uh He is, isn't he? Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Chuck's going to bring that. that Didn't do a let's go. Who knows where they got him? He should stop by the suite. And I'd love to have yeah. you, Chuck. We'll tell him that tomorrow when he gets into town. Colts are locked this weekend. That's what I just read. Darius, you feel the same way? Feel the same way. How's uh, JT doing? Taylor's back at practice? Is injury still out? Huh. What's going on? Oh, no, no. 
AJ, how do you, you feel know, about calling any of those types of questions? No, I, mean, totally I feel great about it. What if Jerome read? What if Jerome self scouts and he sees this tweet? He will. <laughs> I don't he think he's the type of guy to do that. Yeah, he doesn't. You think Jerome Boger's changing? He ain't changed for anybody. No. Come on. I, I think you're no. safe too, because if you look at the sack that Brady got, you know, the roughing the passer call on, I feel like Matt Ryan's been sacked like that 150 times. That, <laughs> this year, like exactly the same well, way, where he just gets ragdolled and kind of gets thrown around. So I, yeah, I think you, probably flying. Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah. I think you can expect seven, eight, nine, ten roughing the passer uh, well, calls. This he's weekend. had ten fumbles. He has. So. That's not a. That's not a good staff for quarterback. Ten fumbles, four and a half games. Five. Yeah. Four How many has he lost? What the hell are we doing? Four. Three, yes. four. And he's thrown what? And five it's not or even six picks. Yeah, he's on pace to slaughter the fumble record. Are any of those like really poor condition games, like hard rain? Or it was windy. Else? It was real windy, yeah. and uh, I was in. Uh, it was super windy. Roof was open uh, when he played at Lucas. Sun swirling. Yeah, it was yeah. swirling. Sun was bright, and you talk about the sun on the ball. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, you get hit a little bit. Yeah, gets his leather up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, he gets slick. He likes that ball real slick too, like That's a right. K ball. So. Maybe just pull a little bit more grip on that thing so whenever you're getting bang every other play. <laughs> can we not call plays, though, for that not to happen? Isn't that something that can happen from a play-calling situation? Can we not get creative with it? Can we not fucking get the ball out of his hands quick? How come every time they say, <laughs> and you're not a quarterback, Darius, so, but I would like you to answer this question, how come they say, like, um, you know, some quarterbacks are able to help their offensive line and some quarterbacks aren't? How come they talk about some plays like Ben Roethlisberger, for instance, when he was with the Steelers? That ball was getting out as quick as possible in the depth of the routes were the shortest in the history, like the NFL or something like that, because they thought they had a bad offensive line. Is that something that you can adjust to and make happen? Like, can Frank Reich and Matt Ryan make the offensive line better by the plays that they're calling, or are we fucked completely? Now, you can try to help it, but then you give up. You know, everybody's going to play you aggressive and play everything short, jump shit, and then at some point you're going to have to drive the ball down the field. It's going to be a third and seven, a third and nine. It's going to be situation. So I don't care what you call. Your old line got to figure it out. You got to communicate, get on the same page, and they haven't been close to that. And they, they did a whole different old line group uh, this past Thursday which didn't look good, left tackle struggle. But, um, man, it's been tough. Regardless if you get hit, though, you got to hold on to the ball. Yeah. Like, you got to hold on to the when ball. When he walked into the office, he brought beers. Why? Which is very cool. Super very cool. Good indicator. He said he, it is a good indicator. He, uh, he likes John Deere. Why? Also a good indicator. Very huge. But as soon as he walked out of there, old negative Nick. You remember what he said? Yeah. That's a frail-looking guy. <laughs> uh-huh. I said, that. Nick, relax, fatso. Uh, what are we, <laughs> the guy's in great shape. He goes, he looked thin. Yeah. And he did, by the way. But then you start looking at some photos of him in pads, and then in years past, he's always been remained healthy. He's always been kind of a, a thinner, you know, super lean build. But that might be something he wasn't expecting getting hit every other drop back, AJ. I mean, that's something that probably yeah. – can add up on He's you. He's tough son of a bitch, too, but he's been yeah. getting hit a lot. A yeah. lot. A lot. And, and he, he can't have any confidence expect. taking any kind of drop back. He, there's no way he's super confident in having the amount of time to let those, those like, deep developing routes even get there. He's reading a play call. <laughs> All right, we're going spider f- seven, seven <laughs> step drop. <laughs> spider two, why banana? All right. Right. <laughs> Here we go, fucking... That Wait, weighs on your mental. That guy's going to hit you right in the spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Two, three, ah, hitch. Boom! I knew it. Yep. I fucking knew it. <laughs> yeah. I fucking knew it. As he's calling the play, 
Frank Reich, oh, let's do 24, 24. Amen. No, no. <laughs> Have you seen? No, no, no. Uh, it is fucking third and eight. <laughs> third and eight. Yeah, I don't care. We're going to run. Draw. I can't, can't hear you. Sorry. <laughs> hey, JT. Uh, you got it. this. Good yeah. luck. See? That could happen. Yeah. It's not yet. No. Early no, in the no, season. No. Plus, early in the season. We're not there yet. Super AJ. early. A lot of Barely even October. If he's expecting it, just hold on to the goddamn ball. Well, I think that squeeze that thing. He's like waiting, 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 and then when he thinks, "Oh, I'm good," boom, boom. that just builds up the fear even yeah. more. It's, I mean, I bet if you asked him before the season, like, "Hey, Matt, you think you're going to get killed this season because the Colts' whole line sucks?" He'd probably say, "No way. That's why I came to Indy because the offensive line's great, the <laughs> running game's great. Well, that's yeah. why I'm here. It's the most expensive O line, right? Probably a selling point. I sure hope not. Oh. I think so. I asked him in his press conference via Kyle, so. the athletic training. Uh, trainer who's the man mm-hmm. I asked him via Kyle to ask Matt Ryan what he knew about Jonathan Taylor and he said Jonathan Taylor was one of the reasons he came because the run game and the offensive line and everything mm-hmm. is so good at his stage he was like yeah this is this is exactly what we fucking need yeah and then I could just do one of these real quick mm-hmm. and then we got boom bang no, Pittman. no problem at all give me a tight end give me Mo Ali Cox give me Pittman and then we just go right back to the best running back in the game this guy's the rushing leader rushing title holder MVP candidate no problem we got an offensive line that we're investing in boom 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 I'm going to be able to play for fucking 10 more years. Mm-hmm. Dude. No worries. Here we go. Here we go. Then he gets here first game. Boom. Hands it off to Jonathan Taylor. Boom. <laughs> Both of them getting tackled in the backfield. All right, next week we'll get better, won't we? Next week, hand it off. Boom. Blow up 10 fucking fumbles later in four and a half games. You're right. There's no way Matt Ryan mm-hmm. saw this coming when he came to Indianapolis. It's fixable, though, right? It's fixable? Fixable? Oh, no. I mean, AQ said it's fixable, so I'll, I'll go with AQ. Yeah, but I don't know if AQ saw Bernhard Raymond get his ass beat last Thursday. That was a left good. tackle? Yeah. yeah. Right they, first start, right? Right yeah. tackle wasn't much better, though. Uh-uh. Right guard, also a problem. They helped yeah, him give him some help, man. They helped him out quite yeah, a bit. Yeah. I, I don't know if he, he can he, chip he everybody. He down a little bit in the second half. That's tough. A lot of nerves, prime time, first start. Shit, it can only get better. It can only go up from I agree. Here. I oh, think yeah. so. You know. I think sure. so. Let's go. Let's We're go on his down. side. Let's go, cuz. You fail a test, it can only get better, too, but you still might be a doofus. <laughs> That's a pretty good saying. Well, I mean, I, I appreciate you <laughs> making a reference to, like, humans taking a test in a class yeah. or something like that. That's a very good metaphor for the entire situation. But I don't think you're scared to death that you're going to potentially get broken in half whenever you're taking a test like this guy could have felt in his first ever primetime game at left tackle. And to our point from earlier, right tackle not doing that great, right guard not doing too great. Yeah. So if you're that rookie, you know, can't get much help because where do we send the running back? Is the running back coming to me? Is mm-hmm. the running back helping the guard and the tackle on the other side? Is he chipping on I mean, you got new running backs in there too who are <laughs> obviously important parts of the protection, but you got, you know, Hines went out. JT's banged up, so that's another <laughs> element to this thing, man. Yeah, but uh, Figure it whoop. out. Hey, Matt Ryan's mm-hmm. going to survive. That's right. It's a bummer they don't have like a 6-7 tight end to help block or something because that would be Two perfect. Just put him on the field. Put Jelani Woods on Pierce. the field. Um, <laughs> Pierce. Let's talk about Aaron Jones a little bit here. <laughs> Aaron Jones, obviously, after the game, uh, told reporters that – for, with two yards, him and A.J. would have been able to get it. You give him three opportunities at it. And there's no reason for us not to believe Aaron Jones. And there's no reason for Aaron Jones to say that if he actually believes that, which he should. There's a stat coming out about Aaron Jones that he is currently averaging mm. 6.39 yards per carry. That's the best in the entire NFL. He ranks tied for 19th in rushing attempts with 60 
one. That's via Matt Schneidman. Hey, Schneidman. Add a baby. Way to go, Schneid. Way to go, Schneidman. Hey, let's go reporting, Schneidman. Hey, baby, Schneid. Stir in the pot. Hey, we appreciate yeah, you, yeah. Schneidman. Well, I don't think even the goddamn ball is what everybody's saying. A.J. Dillon's also having an incredible yeah. year, and Aaron Jones is getting obviously frustrated. After week one, uh, everybody was saying, can't have four targets or whatever for yeah, Aaron Jones. No. Can't do it. we got to get better. we got to get better. And then somehow it gets lost in the mix. A.J., why does that happen, you think, with Aaron Jones? He's an incredible fucking football player. He and A.J. Dillon both. Like, I feel like when you watch them play, they're so, they complement each other very well. And A.J. Dillon, like, I don't feel like we ever see that dude falling backwards ever. He always is finishing forward. He always is punishing the defense. Also, Aaron Jones, like, he's more of like a a slasher, do everything back, but he runs very, very physical Mm -hmm. too. He's not letting dudes, like, he's not running out of bounds. He's blasting dudes in the sidelines. He catches the ball everywhere. They both, I feel like, can block. So I feel like the more heavily involved these guys are, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like people can't consistently stop both of these guys. What did Aaron? Aaron said best 11 on the field. Yeah. Yesterday, because mm-hmm. he was talking about Big Dog. Yep. The week before, yep. he was talking about Cobb, uh-huh. Romeo Dobbs. He seems mm-hmm. like both running backs. He's complimented. Yep. yep. It's almost like, hey Lafleur, why don't you go into the little drawing book? Okay, let's get a little creative. Let's do this over a Zoom call. Let's get two backs in here. Let's get fucking two tight ends with Tunyon and fucking Big Dog. Let's get Cobb. Let's get Dobbs out here and let's figure out how to use our best players. How come? Why do you think some play callers uh, get lost? in the middle of a game and maybe forget about a guy. Do you think it's just situational, Darius? Do you think it's on purpose? Do you think that some people can't see what we can see? Like, do you think LaFleur thinks differently of Aaron Jones or it just, it just gets lost in the mix almost? I think it's, that's ultimately what's, what separates the, the okay ones from the good ones from the great ones. Play callers? Yeah, the ones that can, the play callers that can adjust, that can kind of feel, okay, how's this game? Okay, we had a plan, but this defense, their plan is better, so now we have to move on to plan B. Or C, but uh, to, to that point of that, that tweet, you know, he's averaging over six yards a carry. Yeah, he's 19th because he's obviously splitting carries with Dylan. It's kind of similar to what's going on in Dallas. Like Pollard, he, he, it's always every game he has a big run. Big, so people are like, hey, he needs to be running back one. He should be getting 25 carries. But you're playing against that offense. Like Zeke, what he does on that other side of the band, like that, that, that pounding and falling forward for three, four, six yards, and you had that change of pace with fresh back, fresh legs back there. Like, that's tough. And the 20 personnel for defenses, uh, that's, it always kind of puts you in a bind as far as how you're going to match that. You're going to match it with base, you're going to match it with sub. And then a, uh, A-Rod obviously has the ability to check in and out of play. So, um, you know, that's what separates good play callers from the bad ones. Though. I wonder how I would be as a play caller. Terrible, I think. Just because if I know me at all, <laughs> which... I've been with me a long time. It's terrible. You might, let, you might let your emotions creep in, I'm guessing. Well, for sure. I mean, we're going, if we don't like the way somebody's talking, we are certainly attacking. He <laughs> <laughs> said, said burst like, we're going to have to get that. But also, if I see something that's working, like, hey, we are going to, let's just, we're trying to win the fucking game here. Yeah. Let's do that. I think there's some, and we're not saying this about LaFleur, I'm just saying in general, it seems like some play callers almost try to do too much shit. Like, hey. I get too cute. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, do we need to get everybody involved in the game? Yes. But if we don't, let's not, you know. Yeah. Win. If we don't mm-hmm. need it, let's go ahead and keep it moving. I'm intrigued by the Christian Watson thing, though. Because he's a decoy now, right, with the jet sweeps and everything like that. Haven't, hasn't really been used at all as a weapon. You don't really account. You, like, almost don't even have to account for him in the passing game because I, it's like the routes he's running, it's either either he's just fucking running a go ball or he's not, you know, like 
early on in the season, they tried to get him involved on a couple of those bubbles, didn't get his head around quick enough. Like, that's the type of stuff where when Dobbs is or Cobb is, like, Rodgers trusts those guys, so I don't know if he's necessary. But the thing, like, as a fan at least, that drives you nuts is Aaron Jones is far and away their best offensive weapon. Like, it's not even close. And in the Bears game a couple weeks ago when they rushed for over 200 yards, they were running, like, a little pony package where him and A.J. Dillon are both split in the backfield Mm -hmm. at the same time. I don't think they've run that since then. And I think what they do a lot is, like, Aaron Jones will have a great drive. He'll, he'll, you know, gash the defense. He'll have, like, an 11-yard carry and then, like, a 7-yard carry. And then they'll take him out and they'll put in A.J. Dillon for, you know, like, six plays. And and it's just, like... He's the change of pace back. Like he's completely he's not if he gets moving or if it's late in the game, he's kinda like that Derrick Henry where like he'll grind teams down and he might break one late, but it's a lot more four, five, six yard hard run like Aaron Jones is a game breaker. Like if you get the ball in his hands, whether it's in the passing game or the running game, like he is going to make plays. He's proved that time and time again. And I feel like for whatever reason, they continually say like, hey, we need to get this guy's touches. We need to get this guy involved. And then they yeah. just don't. Absolutely and when they do, good. they beat the shit out of teams. And they paid him too. Yeah. yeah. Which That's is what's surprising to me. They paid him. And then they're still not you. It's like, what? Normally <laughs> when you pay somebody, they're forcing that person the ball. Yeah. And it's like the complete opposite. And this is what it is to be a head coach and a play caller, though. Everybody's going to question everything if you're not winning everything. Sports every science gets involved as well, too, as far as how many touches, how many carries, all this thing for, for the whole season. Because obviously they're looking for the season, for the playoffs. They expect to be in the playoffs, make a run. So that gets involved. But to your point, like when you're a play caller, you come into a game, you have plans, right? We get in the red zone. Okay, these are the plans. These are the personnel groupings that's going to be in. But if Aaron Jones, is just he just having one of those days, Sometimes, hey, we just got to switch it up. Like, put him in there. Let's keep yes, feeding yes. him. And that goes for, for anybody. Receivers, hey, we got this. This uh-huh. was the plan. But, hey, it's third and six. Let's dial up something for this guy. He's hot today. And so. I feel like a lot of times they don't even – they get into a situation where he doesn't even get that opportunity because they get into the second half and he's only got, like, six carries or six touches. So it's kind of just like, you know, okay, well, we still got to keep A.J. – A.J. Dillon involved. And I also, like, he's a consummate teammate, so he's not going to say anything. And they do – I mean, A.J. Dillon is a stud. He's good as well, so he needs touches. But I also do think there's something to, like, Aaron Jones. Like, if he – it's hard to get into a rhythm when you're going and you're eating, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to get the next series or I'm going to be off the field for the next four plays. Like, I know he's not saying that that's an issue, but it's tough as a fan watching it to not think, like – if this guy stays in the game, like he's going to go off. And not that A.J. Dillon isn't. Right. We're, and I think Aaron Jones is a fan of A.J. Dillon. We're all fans of A.J. For Dillon. Sure. But the stable backfield thing is interesting. And I'm only saying that because I've seen a couple running backs who maybe their style was like, I need to find a rhythm. I need to, you know, I need to beat these teams down a little bit, and then I'll get going. You see it with, like, Derrick Henry. You see it around the NFL with, like, the top-end running backs. Josh Jacobs, yeah. the other day, they're starting to do it, like, out of necessity almost. Hey, we got to go. It's like, I wonder what Aaron Jones would be if he was on every single game. He was down. getting 25 carries a game. Yeah. Which is why whenever they drafted A.J. Dillon in the second round or whatever, everybody was like, you draft mm-hmm. a quarterback, we didn't need a fucking quarterback. Mm-hmm. And you draft a running back, we didn't need a fucking running back. Like, those were the only two positions, like, on the offensive side that we got the guys at. And now it's like, how can they make the most out of all of it, A.J.? Well, I think D-Butt hit on it. He mentioned, like, the sports science and everything. I'm sure – they're telling Aaron Jones, like, hey, man, it's a long season. We need you for the final push, and we're really making a run at this Super Bowl, so we don't want to wear you down, give you too many carries now. We know we're going to be there in position, hopefully, to make a run. 
and we need to make sure that you feel as good as you possibly can when that time comes. I get it. Hey, I get it. <laughs> that makes sense. But. but also, you can't be hamstringing yourself saying that and then like, all right, so we're yeah. only going to give you eight touches today. You're one. You're our best player on offense, but we need you healthy, so we're only going to give you fucking ten opportunities. I, I think some of these coaches honestly get so locked in into the game, into the moment, and after the game is over, like, oh shit, I only got this guy this many plays or that. I, I think it was Frank who early on, like, they didn't expect somebody to play or something like that, and they didn't adjust the game plan from, like, the practice week, which is wild to me. I think Naheem Hines had, like, the first catch of the game for, like, 17 yards. And then he didn't get any more touch for the rest of the game. Mm -hmm. So you got to have a plan, obviously, and we go through, you know, same formations, plan, shift, and that's the game plan for the week. Like, you kind of know third down, like, okay, this is what the team are. We're getting bunches. We're getting stacks. We're getting this. Rarely do they fully, completely adjust, but I think it's certain times where they should do more of that, and I think that's what the, the best ones do. Hey, that's what the Patriots' defense does, right? They got, like, four different game plans going into the week, and then the quarterback's like, all right, we got them figured out. And then the second quarter comes, it's like, what? Different. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what is going on here? And then third quarter, same thing. Fourth quarter, same thing. So defense can do this as well, AJ. It's not just offense that can adjust and change. Oh, yeah, defense can do it. It's just you got to make sure you have the right personnel that oh, yeah. can do it like week to week and make those changes because it's it's a lot on guys, a lot of moving parts, I think. But the best offensive play callers, I think I've said forever, they take what the defense gives them. Like whatever the defense is, what their plan is, they're going to – the first 15, the script, they're going to see, okay, how do they play bunch? What's their empty check? What are they doing here and there? And then you adjust and you, do, you take what they give you. Like if they're loading the box, we're not going to sit there and try to pound our big, our big running back until you take the guy out of the box. Hey, most defenses, that first 15, are going to have to show everything that they got basically for the entire day. Now, we just said that the uh, Patriots change quarter to quarter and everything like that because that's just the way they operate, and it feels like that would be the right move, but I assume it's not as easy to execute as we are just making it out to be right now with everybody having to be on the same page and four different game plans every fucking week. That seems like that's not realistic. No, personnel-wise, and from the – the moment you come into that building in New England, like it's a, I would say it's a different standard as far as like um, accountability and knowing, you know, the ins and outs of everything, the coverages, the why you're doing it. So that way, you know, you can go and it could be a week eight game and we can go back to something we were doing in week four. And you got to obviously have like smart players that can adjust as well, because you're always dealing with injuries and new people playing new positions. So to AJ's point, personnel is big on that. So every coach, every team, uh, can't do that, but you got it. You got to be able to adjust. And you, and to your point about checking the fifth, first fifteen. Yeah, yeah. That's like so. That. So most teams, the first fifteen, you're going to learn what the defense is going to do. Probably. Yeah, but you you have multiple things. So we'll have an empty check, but we'll also have like a second empty check. You know what I mean? That we'll go yep. to. Or same thing with the bunches. Like, hey, all right, we're coming out first. The plan is to lock the bunches, and let's say the first two third downs we locked them and we get good results we may stick with that or if we get bad results we may switch it up we so, got a plan b um, yeah we, oh, we always got a plan b sometimes it's plan c but um so you'll see things and then you'll adjust so why is that first the first 15 then is just what the offense is trying to see what the defense is going to do even though the defense probably has other options available if you have success or is that to see what your team can do well on that particular day, you think, AJ? None of us are offensive players. This is a great conversation for us to have. Obviously. <laughs> I think each, each coach might give you a little different opinion on why, like what they want to do in those first 15. But yeah, it's, they're gathering information. Yeah, I didn't gather information. How they play this look, how they, we, this is what we've done in the past. Okay, how are they going to match it up? All right, and then that's how we go from there. That's when you're looking at their their Microsoft surfaces and they're breaking them on the sidelines. They're no, looking no, not at, breaking Hey, how them. are these guys playing this right now? No, not breaking them. You break not them, anymore. you're fine. That's okay? right. Break them, you buy them. Damn Just it. like that offensive coordinator for the fucking Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. Ken Tantrum 
Dorsey. That's right. Can't handle losing. Stick with him forever. It's going to be a stain. Yeah. Yeah. That was wild. Sorry, getting a head coaching job. I appreciate where Kyle was coming from on that. I appreciate Kyle's big brain. I think he's very handsome and good on TV and on the internet. But like that one, I'm like, I mean, I was like kind of pumped to see. Yeah, it was sick. I was like happy to see that we still got that. Yeah. You know, like somebody cares enough to mm-hmm. lose their shit in yeah. public. Now, let's not make a habit out of it. Like, hey, listen, you know, we can't be making a habit out of that. <laughs> that, that cannot be a every day, every game type thing. But also, like, Dude's fucking invested. Mm-hmm. Players are going to love that. But you break the tablet, AJ, you're getting fined because Tom Brady did it on primetime television, Paul. Mm-hmm. That's why, AJ. How much do they find? How much do those, those tablets run nowadays? Game check, I heard. Yep. yep. Yeah. Take oh, everything. no. Aaron's game check, yeah. Yeah. Serious? No. Oh, I was about to say, wow. <laughs> 10 grand. I have no idea. I've, I've been fined. Like, yeah, I've been fined like 70 grand because of tweets. So I wonder if a surface, you know, you can just that's hardware at least, not even just software. Yeah, Blanks. I mean, those things retail about 700 bucks. So if you're finding them more than that, I think that's pure poppycock. And tweets are like, do you know anybody bucks. that has one? A surface? Yeah. Yeah, I just one guy who's watching the NFL and he seen that uh, Tom is using one. He said, oh, give me one of those. I want to watch film mm. on it. Yeah. Yeah, that one guy. How mad is it still, though? You still find commentators saying, oh, they're looking at the iPad. I'm like, how bad is Microsoft's got to be so pissed? Well, they should just hang it up. <laughs> yeah, call it. <laughs> yes. Really? Yeah. Because Why every, do the players all have iPads? Yeah, every team is like, hey, get your iPads up. Literally, boom. And then game day happens, got to use an entirely new computer, an entirely new software. How does this fucking thing work? That makes no <laughs> sense at all. Have, have an iPad all week, and then, all right, go do surfs. Can't get mad at it either. No. Don't no. break it. You will be fine. Mm-hmm. Conduct detrimental to the league, to the game, and to the team, because you embarrassed all of us. It's like, with Apple trying to get in the rights deals, I wouldn't be surprised if they mm-hmm. you know, try to make a move for the iPads on the yep. sideline, and you would hear every player and every coach be like, oh, "Fucking thing, yeah, not open it. Jesus, oh, geez, you do this, Sorry, you hit a code. <laughs> Fuck, it's every day of my life." You still, uh, you know, anybody that doesn't have an iPhone, Darius? Yeah, me too. You got some people holding out. Mm-hmm. I met some more people through my travels here. Oh no! That uh, tell me that their phone's more secure than mine, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Hey, I want to let you know, kids these days." They can fucking get yours, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they can get no problem at all. They can get whatever. I don't even know if security is even worth a conversation anymore. Everybody needs to understand, it feels like, and I don't know shit about fuck. Neither does AJ, and I'm, I'm not speaking for AJ. AJ can give his opinion on it immediately afterwards. From my understanding, there are whiz kids out there that just understand coding and technology better than the people that are creating it, mm-hmm. okay, the people that are in it. These kids who grow up in it understand, they can get into whatever the fuck they want. Simple. They can do whatever the fuck they want, AJ. I, I mean, they could just, they want to get into a If they bank. want to, they will. If they want to, they will. I guess all, all, all your job is to don't make it too easy on them, I guess, right? Yeah, I guess that's what we're thinking from the phone companies and from but the. Still, if they want it, they'll get you. They got Bezos, they get anybody. Bro, you get an email every other day from a company that you subscribe to at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been hacked. More like, no, this information we gave up. <laughs> yeah. What information did you give up? Oh, just your social security number, your bank number, yeah, your yeah, address. Your credit card information. It's yeah. like, everything should be good. We got it back to good, though. Just something to think. It's like, okay. And then you go two days later, it's like, when did I sign up for a fucking Foot Locker subscription? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, they have your credit card, oh, your shoe size, and also the house that the shoes went to because they're all being tracked. It's like, what? Everything's okay, though. Come on back to Foot Locker. Like, yeah. not saying it happened to Foot Locker, but that is literally how it feels with the, some of these emails. Like, uh, we would like to tell you about a data breach that we have uh, has occurred or whatever. Everything's okay. Everything's okay. We got yeah. it figured out. We got to the root of it. But three months ago, uh, if you haven't seen any money go out of your account, thank God, because <laughs> we gave away everything, basically. Mm-hmm. We got a lockdown now, though. 
You should think about changing all your information, though, because we're fucked. And then the next day, email another company, same exact mm-hmm. thing. DoorDash, what's happening there? They got my credit card. They got my house information. They got everything I need. If they get hacked, we're fucked. What do you have? Hulu. What do you have? Anything you're subscribed yeah. to. It's like you're banking on all these companies to be locked down. I want to let you know they're going to get you if they want we're to. We're all running it's out easy. of passwords, too. Bro. Yeah. yeah. And then the phone, remembering the crazy-ass password that it creates... <laughs> Like, I'm not doing that ever. Even no. though everybody says I should, I'm no, like, no, no, well, no. what if my phone one day just says, meh, actually, we don't remember. No, thanks. Like, have you ever used one of those? No. They try to get you to, they're, no. they're impo- like, would you, they're like automatic. they want you to write it down somewhere, too, or put it in your, like, what are you going to do? It's one of the greatest brains and minds in defense of football. Host of the Man to Man podcast. Host of the NFL matchup show on ESPN, ESPN Plus, and ESPN2. Ladies and gentlemen, for everything DB, let's go to 12-year NFL vet. Both are nine-year NFL vet. And he played corner, nickel, mm-hmm. and safety. Ooh. Ladies and gentlemen, Darius J. Butler. Yes, yeah, sir. He was. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Job is moving. My audio good? Yeah, yeah. you sound great. Oh, we solid, man. Let's get to it, man. Grit. Perseverance right here. Let's get. Hell yeah. Hey, let's live in vision. Let's just think strong, man. Not in consequence. Yep, whatever you just said. Oh, All right. said that. Whoa. That's he was your yeah. coach. Hey. He was my coach. coach. You weren't listening. Deep butt, huh? Why don't you listen to me? You say that one again. I don't remember that one. Let's, let's, live, in, let's uh, live in vision, not in circumstance. Okay. It's a good one. Hell yeah. It's, it's actually his Twitter bio right now. Really? I think so. Live in vision, oh, not in circumstance. Maybe a, live in circumstance, not vision. What does that mean? Yeah, that, that might. No, no, it's literally his Twitter bio. You don't want to live in circumstance. That well, one didn't resonate with me. Because circumstance. Oh, it's only when he got. A lot of them do, but, you know, some of them just. You I, think always, that, I think that was when he, uh, I'm not going to say it, I'm not going to do it. You always what? say, circumstances are. Circumstantial. Exactly. Right. So, all right. Well, let's talk about some circumstances. It was when here. he got cancer, I think. Mm-hmm. That he was said, the... I'm going to listen to the diagnosis. I'm living in a vision. I want to dance with my two daughters. Oh, oh, oh I do remember good. that. He Use said, that as a motivator. Let's live in vision, not in circumstance. Let's live in vision, not in circumstance. Awesome. Came like his rally I like cry. that. Love really that. good. I remember it. D-Butt didn't care. No, I remember D-butt. it. It's all coming back. No. It's all coming back to me. You know, don't be a bad teammate. I was a bad teammate early. Tyvis Powell was not your teammate. Yes. 2017. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay, so I Let's clear that up first. Uh, Tyvis, I wish I was a teammate with you. We're going to get back to some circumstances funny here. Guy. Right? I had a Real nice funny. same game parlay going okay. Monday night. Yep. One leg didn't hit. Travis Kelsey. Mm. 60 yards. He needed 60 yards. And this is the big reason why it didn't hit. That is a defensive end. (laughs) Cleveland, Farrell? Yes. I believe. Former number four overall pick by John Gruden. That's him out there. You know what Patrick Graham said? We're not going to let 87 beat us. They have four touchdowns, but only 25 yards. We put a DN out there to get a reroute and help Trevon Morgan cover. This is third and 15, so it's going to end up being a free play because this DN, who's probably not used to being out there, Got illegal hands to the face. Well, he's buried. <laughs> he just tackled Travis Kelsey. So that's one way to eliminate uh, target number one. But it's 30 15. Miko Hartman in the slot. We go back to the top. He's in the slot. Nate Hobbs in outside leverage on defense. The coverage they're running here is man to man across the board. He's a post safety and he should be a robber, right? Jonathan Abrams. He should be a robber, which means you're giving everyone inside help. Uh, defensively down the field. Third and 15, remember. So this, this is the first down marker right here, pretty much where he's standing. So he should be looking to help anyone who needs it. Obviously, this guy's not going to need help, so that would have became his second threat. You can let it play. Uh, he kind of stays over here guarding grass for some reason. He has to read the quarterback, start making his yeah. way here, and try to make a play, help that nickel back out. 
It should be a pick, honestly, but uh, he, he obviously lets Hartman just <laughs> run away from him. Outside leverage, nickelback, running away. McCall Hartman, 4-2 speed, tough sledding on that nickelback. So great execution by Patrick Mahomes, finding the open target. Bad execution on the back end defensively. Uh, how the, how often is uh, 99 tackling a wide receiver? That think? does not happen really ever almost. Um, now, a, a Belichick thing, and you'll see it later in these clips as well. Yeah. A Belichick thing, and Patrick Graham, defensive coordinator for the Raiders, is a Belichick disciple. It's always reroute. We're going to reroute those type of tight ends, right? And this we, That I, looks like a punt run. We did it before yeah. with Adelius Thomas. It's like a gunner. That's a guy we'll put out there and just reroute the guy. But if he was anywhere near this core, usually they'll do it this wide. If he's anywhere near this core, during this game, Chandler Jones, one of the best pass rushers in the league, he re- rerouted him a ton before going to the quarterback. Same with Max Crosby. But um, that's how important Patrick Graham thought that Travis Kelsey was to the offensive success of the Chiefs. Like again, Once again, once you get to the red area where he had four touchdowns, it's a lot tougher to do it with what Chiefs do down there. But out in the field, they did a great job holding the 25 yards. You think Graham yep. said we were able to accomplish our mission of no. this guy not breaking a game? <laughs> no. He got 25 yards, four touchdowns. He, he's thinking this guy can't beat us. So much so he's putting a defensive end yeah. flanked out on a way. This is the guy we yeah. are taking out of the game. Four touchdowns later, tough ride home, you think, for that guy? Or? Oh, real tough ride home. Tough, yeah, tough ride. ride home. And, I mean, the Chiefs, they do so much in the red area as far as with your eyes. It's, it's almost impossible to have good eye discipline. They got guys going behind the line of scrimmage this way, that way. So it's tough with what they do with Kelsey down there. Are teams um, going to do that, you think, going forward? What's like, that? Is that strategy because you only tuts, had 25 yards? Yeah, four tuts. Yeah, the four tuts. Four tuts, you got to fix that. It's tough. But um, I don't know. I don't know if a lot of teams would do that. But Travis Kelsey, like, once again, he's that – He's that big of a piece of that offense. Debo, why didn't out of the norm. why didn't you account for that in your same game parlay? Like I feel like you should. Yeah, yeah Debo. Yeah, Debo. Why can't you because see the future? It's, it's Travis Kelsey. I still expect he had four touchdowns. I still expect Patrick Mahomes to find this guy. Four but touchdowns, twenty-five yards. I had never seen this. Seven <laughs> catches, Jonathan twenty-five Abraham yards. How come Jonathan Abraham just stood there and just? Honestly, okay, so I, I don't like, you know, jumping on guys. He's this, a box. This he's is, better in the box. Yeah, he's better, and he has some good plays. Blitzing coming off the edge. Um, he's a, a, a great tackler, um, you know, when he's coming down, filling gaps. But out in space, that's where uh, Abram kind of struggled, and I was kind of wanting to think. He was a first-round pick. He practices hard. Flies around, practices hard. He's one of those hard guys now. that's kind of like oh, full speed ahead. But, uh, <laughs> it didn't but yeah. pick up his fifth This guy's awesome, they said, as he's spearing people in walkthroughs. Yeah. Like, yeah, every single snap. But, it's you know, like everybody could do that. I, I do like that we're I, – I like his effort, though. I like that he cares. I like how hard he went in those hard. practices. I didn't like how everybody was gassing him up for it, though. It's yeah. like, hey, everybody could spear people in walkthroughs. Got to practice like a pro. Got to be like – long season. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think Abrams probably learned that. He's probably becoming more of a pro and more of a leader. But you're saying he still has an opportunity to grow. He has he? to. Yes, he has a talent. But in, in this league, as a DB, shit, even as a linebacker now, you've got to be able to play in space. You've got to be able to be impactful in the pass game. Um, so there's definitely some room. That's like AJ. AJ, that was your big yeah. thing, right, yeah. pal? Liability in the pass game, that's right. That's right. That's right. play against oh, the yeah. Eagles. Yeah. Yeah, it's calling him a lot. I was saying he. I was not saying that, but a lot of people, you know, his coaches sounded like we're saying, "Hey, this guy can't play against the Eagles because he's a liability in the past." <laughs> Get him out. Ran a four four. Right, AJ, yeah, that's what they're saying to you, AJ. Yep, they're saying it. <laughs> well, and AJ said, "I will request a trade today if you don't put me in the game." Yeah, I'm right. Think about that though. AJ runs a four four, and D coordinator's like, 
can't, can't cover it. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Can't put this guy in space. <laughs> He's jumping over sprolls on a thing. This guy can't cover a soul. I felt like that was before when everybody was running a four four. Like running a four four when it was uh, still the yeah. standard. Now everybody runs four yeah. four. AJ, does that kind of piss you off a little bit? <laughs> Ahead of his what? time. What? That everybody runs a four four now? No, that doesn't. I've never really thought about that. Well, let's put it into his brain now. You yeah. should be pissed off, yeah, dude. Yeah, you should think about that. You used to be really right, cool when you ran I'm a four. Now, you're right. What's that? You are? Yeah, I'm dude, pissed geez. now. Jeez, calm down. All right, good. Not it's... a whole lot of white linebackers. His weight running a four four, four. four. Oh. <laughs> jumping forty inches. Yeah. Freak show. That's why you go top five. Top five. That's, That's how you get fifty five. million guaranteed. That keeps you. Hey, you never see Devontae's split right there? What's that tell you, D. But? Oh, well, number one. So, so Devontae obviously can do. He's one of the best route runners in the league, top two. I put him up there with a couple other guys. <laughs> Cut split inside the numbers. Uh, now, this is another math changer, right? So, Travis Kelsey, <laughs> Travis Kelsey, he changed the math. That's what great receivers do, great pass rushers. They change the math. We got to put two guys on them. So, in this situation, we got a bracket coverage. We got a corner, and then we got a safety inside leverage. Now, I personally hate bracket coverages in the field. Because of this reason, especially with good, smart, savvy wide receivers, he's going to have a deep post route, but he's going to hesitate kind of at the top of his route, kind of in this intermediate area to fill, and then split these two defenders. Because in the bracket coverage, obviously I got his outside leverage, I got his inside leverage, but nobody has him right down the middle of the two. Derek Carr uh, steps up in the pocket, makes a great throw. Oh, you ooh. see him throw his hand up, run it back. Watch the hesitation. Sweet little stutter, too. Yeah, right that's, that stutter just to stop his feet even more. And then, boom. Oof, yeah, and then he throws that hand up, Randy Moss. And if you run it back, actually, they double. This is a double bracket. They doubled two guys on this one. They doubled Renfro up top as well, which I'm, I don't mind the Renfro double because he's not splitting these guys. He's not running for 50 yards. Hey, like he's even right thing. now. I think he did, though. He's not. He's not. Uh, he's uh, why you saying that? Catch up, all right? <laughs> Why? Because he's white, uh, D-Bud? That's what about. He's Hunter Renfro. What just right? happened? That, that's fucked up. He's Hunter Renfro. He's not making this He's not making this play right here. You let this play. <laughs> he looks like he's ahead of Devontae. Let it play. <laughs> let it play. Man. He ain't doing that. Uh-huh. All right, that's why that's why he's making thirty million a year. Dirty but um, that's you know that's once again why <laughs> I hate bracket coverage. You'll see another example of that as well. But great job, great route by him. Speed release, hesitation at the top, threw his hand up. <laughs> I mean, they're both Darius. <laughs> Darius, <laughs> hey, but that's up. why you hate bracket coverage. Fucking yeah. those guys. That's gone. why. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's so, why. That's why Cooper Cup's never on here. Well, oh, we've had Cooper Cup on here he before. He loves Cooper Cup. No. Cooper Cup's best team in the league. That's there it is. Oh, that, that's wow. the other one. Okay. Yeah, I right, yeah. got the answer. Devontae right. Cooper most, Cup. Most productive. You know he's getting the ball, can't stop him. So, yeah, Cooper Cup. AJ, what do you think about bracket coverage there? It's like a punt team. You split in the punt, and that's what you're trying to do. In this particular case, it seems like these guys, I got left, you got right, we got nothing. Who's got over the top? Nobody. AJ. Yeah, I agree with D-Butt. It it's, it's very tough because the, the receiver, whoever you're trying to double, knows that as well. So he's like, I'm going to split these dudes, run right down the middle. If my quarterback can put a good ball out here, this double did nothing for us, actually. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. Nothing. And Devontae Adams, he's, he sees double coverage damn near every week. So it's different he, in the red zone. Yeah. Red zone, we don't have to worry about that deep ball. We don't have to worry about 30, 40, 50 yards down the field. So it's much better in the red zone. But this, once again, is bracket coverage on both receivers. You see Gabe Davis down here, outside leverage, inside leverage, backed up on the two-yard line. I believe it's a third and 10. Yep. And once again, right through the middle of the guys, post route, 
Josh Allen from the pocket in his own end zone makes an accurate throw down the field. Once again, outside, inside, oh, nobody has him down the middle. Third, but that's surprising coverage, right? Right there. That's a very surprising coverage at that point in the field. You'll see both of these safeties kind of split and go all the way out to the number ones. So even if you're this guy, like you're one on one with that guy with the entire middle of the field open. So. Don't understand its coverage. Um, maybe they're trying to protect these guys. Tone told me earlier, hey, when you go over there at Steelers play, make sure you mention we had backups, we had this, we had hey, but you're out there. Well, good news is Minka was uh, on Gabe Davis. No, he was. Uh, he's actually in the in the end zone right now. So, oh, oh yeah, there he is. Best part. Yeah, of the that's the best coverage player, but uh, not a good okay. not a good spot to have him. Um, you tried to double, tried to account for the weapons, but obviously, great route, great ball. And that's how you go 98. Shout out Gabe Davis. Supposed to have him on the show today. Helped me and Dirty get our first win against AJ oh, Hawks team. Yeah. Fantasy mm. football this week. So uh, long us. season ahead. Killed Thank us. you, 1 3. Um, eight touchdowns in the last six games. Gabe Damn. Davis averages like 40 some or 60 some yards. That's playoffs included? Yes. Okay. And if you think about it, third and 10 right there, yep. first drive of the game. Steelers get a stop. Maybe that game goes the opposite direction. Yeah. But instead, yep. 98 yards. Then the next kickoff, Steelers fumble it. Buffalo Bills got mm. it. They get a stop. Yes, but did. that kind of set a tone for the rest yeah. of that game. And the uh, Steelers got billed out of there. They did. Yeah, big time. You guys got billed out. I didn't see it, Bill-O. Well, that's because the game was such a big blowout. Yeah, they, they saved it. They saved punt? this one for they next week. Did they go kept the top or no? No, that punt stunk. No, he didn't, he didn't swing at it. It felt like, right, Damn, Steph, He has to punt the ball, kick. Somebody tell you, no, that's one, or he yeah. either punts one up to the top uh, level, mm-hmm. or or he punts a buildo into the stands. Okay. AJ uh, added the buildo, right, AJ? Yes, I did. It just has to get into the stand. Uh, I don't know, maybe what, 10 rows deep? What do you think? Oh, you it's, tell me, AJ. 25 grand, no, you're donating. It's charity, no, he, a cheapskate. <laughs> if he picks up a buildo and attempts to punt it, his foundation gets the money. Okay. 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 All right, so just an attempt. It's going to hurt his foot. He's got yeah. to make contact with it, but yeah. That's going to hurt his foot. Ah, uh, depends. You gotta you gotta pick and choose which one he picks up, man. You never know. All right, let's go to some good defensive back play from this Hell past yeah. weekend. Here we go. Now we're to the good Patriots once again. We got a returning guy back to back weeks. Jack Jones with another pick. I said he was a second rounder last time I was with. He was actually a fourth rounder. Would have been a first rounder. But now TJ TJ Hawkinson went off last week, man, right? Over one hundred fifty yards once again. Belichick, good tight ends, good receiving tight ends anywhere near the core. That edge rusher's primary responsibility before getting to the quarterback is reroute this guy. And his reroute is actually going to help him. In the back end, they're going to end up running what looks like a quarter's coverage. So you got one, two, three, four, dividing the quarters uh, part of the field, and then the three underneath defenders. And then you're going to get four verts. He's going to have a wide vertical. He's going to go vertical. This receiver, ultimately, he's going to want to occupy this cornerback and this safety. And what that would do is give T.J. Hawkinson a one-on-one with this quarter flat defender for Jared Goff to throw the ball. But you'll see this little reroute at the beginning of the route helps throw off the timing a little bit. So once again, you're widening, you make him go wider. When they run this route on air, when they run it in practice, this person is at a different point in the field. Jared Goff still tries to make the throw. Mm. Jones comes off of, his, off of that number one receiver, great vision, goes up and get the ball, and the most impressive part oh, of this play wow. was getting his feet in bounds. But having that vision, having that awareness uh, as a rookie, that's very, very special. Watch, watch the end of this play actually getting his feet down. Like it, wasn't, it wasn't even close, getting both feet down. Come on. 
Yeah, oh. two. Yeah, two up. One, two. If you let, let it play, just let it run and lay. Maybe you'll see it. He had another pick, too. That's unbelievable. Yeah. That's incredible athleticism. Dunk. Ball skills. I want to see this one more time. Oh, you want to see it from the top? Oh, that'll be good. Thought oh, Belichick okay. couldn't draft players, huh? Oh, what's this? Oh, now, congrats on getting run, run dude. Uh, Cole Strange, <laughs> please, come on. Casey Hayward, this is, this is a, a kind of a teach tape for corners <laughs> on not panicking on that deep ball. We see it a lot, especially with certain quarterbacks that throw up that deep ball, kind of underthrown, receiver comes back, get an easy spot foul flag, which this could have easily been first and goal for the Tampa Bay Bucks. But I want you to watch Casey Hayward here, and especially at the end of this route up against Scotty Miller. Right now, now, remember, Scotty, 4-3 guy, right? Burner. 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 So, eyes are on him the whole time. Now, he feels him slowing down around that six-yard line. He knows, oh, let me get my head around. Damn. Let that's me make really a good. play. So, that's a savvy veteran. I think Casey's, what, 10, 11 years in the league good, at this huh? point. Falcons? Yeah. 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 So, you got him. Is you got um, Terrell. Terrell. Oh. Uh, you what know. play. Well, yeah, he's having a little tougher year than last year. Last year, he played at an all-pro level this year. You know, you're matching up with some of the top dogs. Some guys are going to get you. But a lot of ball left. I think he'll be all right. But hey, let's talk great... about this, though. What is he reading right now? off Because of... he's just reading Scotty at this point, right? Yep. He's looking just running eyes. and reading Scotty. AJ, go ahead, pal. He's looking at his eyes. I'm get, trying to figure out when he's going to go up for the ball. And then watch Casey. He realized, oh, here we go. I'm in phase. i got to turn around or I'm going to get a P.I., especially if this that's ball is awesome. underthrown. That, like, that's that's – I mean, perfect. that's textbook. That's perfect. Not panicking. Most DBs in this situation, they're going to continue running. He's going to come back to the ball, and this ref is going to throw a flag. But him getting his head up and around the last second, actually getting a hand on the ball as well, I mean, that's a, that's a great play. That most likely you're going to see veterans make, which uh, obviously Casey Hayward is. That, that ball's ball a little close. Bit uh, yeah, definitely underthrown. Scotty Miller slowed down. You see his eyes. You saw the eyes. He saw his body slow down. So, once again, great job reading that receiver and not panicking. Because at first, you're out of phase. He's out of phase, so you're just running. You're looking at the receiver. You're looking at his hands. If Casey Hayward was in phase, hip to hip, he would have had his head around looking for the ball the whole time. How hard is that to turn around right before? That is incredible. Did you see hard. how close? I mean, that ball, he, he has no vision on that yeah. ball. Yeah. He is just banking entirely on Scotty Miller's body language yep. here, right? Ball's got to be close. Yeah, and what he did – Great here as well is turn into Scotty Miller as opposed to turning this other way because let's say Scotty Miller's running here and he feels him slow down. If he slows down and I turn into him, we're both going to have opportunity to go for the ball. A lot of times what corners do that late, if Casey, now maybe not in this situation, but if he turns this way, it's easier for that Push receiver off. to just kind of throw him by. And just go up. And you have all your – you're running down 50 yards. You have all your momentum going this way. So if somebody swipes you by, you're going to go by. He comes back for the ball. So great job not only getting his head around, but turning into the receiver and making the play on that's the like ball. That's like perfect coverage. That's, that's incredible by uh, Casey Harrell. Hey, that a baby, Casey. Hey, there you go, Casey. Atlanta got robbed. For an opportunity now it's going to be tough game, for me to but, feel uh, bad for the DB when they're on the quarterback long throw. Yeah, that's right. You guys don't – I mean – You don't see that often. Turn around like him. That's a special play from Casey. Hey, Casey, Usually great that's play. that's a bailout. Yeah, absolutely. This is that yeah. same, Speaking I believe. Speaking of bailout. Is this oh, the same – yeah, this is probably from the back, back copy. Could have used that really cool stunt there too, but they held on. <laughs> they brought some pressure. Golly. Yeah, that's, that's some good stuff right there. I mean, that's like perfect yeah. coverage, right? That's perfect right there. Ref was probably – 
ready, like, okay. Sure. Yeah, what if this ref was like, damn, what a he wanted, he, was, he had his hand on the flag probably. I was going to say, how, how many refs do you think will, would still call P.I. on that, though? I feel like no. there are still some guys they who turn around. They're, yeah, they're looking, turn around. For, they're looking for that head turn. Like, if that corner turns around and plays that ball, usually they'll let so it go. So even if there's a little contact, yeah. but he gets his head around, they'll, they'll let, let that it go. Incident, yeah, because we have a right to the ball, too. But if we're not playing the ball, and the receiver, a smart receiver, even if I have no chance on catching that ball, I just turn around and come back for it because it's automatic flag as soon as any contact is made. So, Casey knew he made a great play. Uh, who we got? Arizona Cardinals against the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, this is a play that we see, I feel like, almost every week we talk about this play. Crossing routes against cover three, right? And a lot of times, cover three, if you're matching guys, it basically turns into man-to-man once this guy clears the underneath defenders. So, number one, James Bradbury, obviously a great addition to them. Slays and coverage up top, but... His coverage, this is not where the interception comes, but just watch his coverage before we even get to the interception on this crossing route from uh, Moore. Like right now, what, what, a good rec- what a good receiver does at that point when they come in on a crossing route, if you're in a, if the corner's in a good position, they'll run up at you. Let's say you're in a good position, they'll kind of get you vertical again and then go back across. It's kind of called a stair step. So that's what good receivers do. And Rondell Moore did a great job of that. But Bradbury did a better job of staying vertical and then putting his foot in the ground and still sticking. Like, that's amazing, amazing coverage. So I definitely wanted to highlight that. But then to this ball, it's an underthrown ball. Not a bad decision, I don't think. We have Hollywood Brown, a guy that can run like he can, but definitely got to put this out in front of him. Great job by Chauncey Gartner-Johnson on making the play on this ball. CJ, GJ. Yeah, CJ, GJ. But he had an opportunity. Kyler had an opportunity there to, to put this over their head. I think he was in a good spot with that speed. But where he is right now, if he throws this ball out there, I don't think he can get around and make it. But great job by him having the vision, not panicking, going up, making a play for his team. This, uh, this, this secondary unit for the Eagles, this whole team. Are you running back? Defense. D-butt. Yep. Hate to cut you off. We run it back. Just watch Slay. What? I mean, first off, the athleticism it takes for him. Not Slay. I mean, down here at 24. What you, the, the James Bradbury, one. yep. The fact that he is able to recover, like his hips and feet are unbelievable. Then watch him drive and undercut the route. So if they throw this ball, he may look open. He's going to pick this thing and maybe take it to the house. It might be, yeah. Oh. It might be picking. We watch this every week. Even uh, running back from the top, even uh, the safety up top. Like these, these are tough routes to cover in this. Yes. This is why we see him every week. You're running away from the leverage. This is outside leverage, outside leverage, outside leverage. Watch him. Even He does a great job being sticky with him. Like nobody's open at this point. Kyler makes a poor throw, I think, and CJ GJ makes some pay. That's awesome. So good job from the Eagles. Hey, that's why Great that coverage. hip. That's why that hip thing is so important at the combo. Yep. That's why, because you got to be able to literally mm-hmm. turn sideways yes. at yeah. any given moment. Because old Cuzzy could have cut back out, right? Because he was trying yeah. to get him to spin. Yeah. Right. Old buddy was running that route. If I've learned anything through this whole football academy Rondell? we've been doing, Rondell's trying to get him that way, right? He's trying to. He's just Blind trying spot. to get him to do actually exactly what he's doing. Like, oh shit. He's not going across. He's actually going vertical or out. And he respects the stair step, but he has enough athleticism to AJ's point, speed, quickness, all these things to stay sticky. Like, that's why they went out and got Bradbury, who I, I thought it was a great move when they did and, it. And he avoids and this, though. He, he avoids the, the receiver the running up the, the seam, crosser. too. Like, yeah. right, a lot of guys run into each other there. Yeah, so this was, this was really, really good execution from the back end. Because he could have won. He could, if the guy goes out, I think he plants left foot and is with him. Guy goes left, plants foot and goes with him. Yep. Is that good coaching? Great athleticism? Good anticipation? What do you all of that? Good coach. That's him being a, a really, really good pro. A really good pro. And that, that's who he, he is. Got that's his, who uh, he's got this D-butt. Your DB coach ever. He got this tailpipe. 
Yeah, tailpipe. That's that? something we talked about uh, with crossing. We're like <laughs> with low, lower Damn, crossing like routes that. because it helps you avoid the, the traffic, right? Teams yeah. run a lot of crossing routes to get one person running into the other one. But if I'm running directly behind the receiver, I'm never going to run into traffic because he's not going to run into yeah. his guy. And then you get to a point where you can obviously try to undercut him once the ball gets in the air. This is the same game. Uh, Cardinals on defense now. Interesting, too. Isaiah Simmons, who was kind of like that Swiss Army knife coming out of college, big kid, linebacker, played some slot. He's been playing the last couple weeks. He's been, he's been their nickelback, right? He's been their nickelback. Damn. So that's a big nickelback. So you see him running in motion with Devontae Smith. Jesus. But this is a zone coverage. Once again, cover three. So you got one, two, three guys responsible for the uh, deep parts of the field. But I want you to watch Jalen Thompson and watch his discipline and coverage on when you're an underneath defender, right? And this is cover two, cover three, anything where you're an underneath dropper, a zone dropper. Ultimately, as a defense, we want to invite checkdowns. Like, that's what we want. We want the offense to throw a checkdown, and then we rally and tackle with leverage. So he does a great job of continuing to get depth. Now, it wasn't, a, it wasn't anything, any cheese in front of him for him to bite. But to continue to get depth and having eyes on the quarterback, so vision on the quarterback, so that you're in a good position, a good body position to break when the ball comes. And this is a great throw. I mean, a great interception, great reaction. Jalen Thompson uh, on Jalen Hurts right here. So when you get these opportunities, DBs, got to take advantage of them, man. Interception, these, these picks change your life. You get, you, that's a PBU right there. They line up on second down, second and ten. And this offense is as potent as they are. They probably go down to score. So this is a big-time play and gave this uh, team an opportunity to, to win this game. Did you like that, A.J., huh? Just kind of sat in his zone and then said, uh-uh. Give me that. I love any coverage when you can have eyes on the quarterback. I absolutely want to get to a spot, read the quarterback's yeah. eyes, and have everybody break. Bro, let's yeah. see how far he goes. And key, key, D-Butt, you heard A.J. say, you get the... to a spot. That's the first thing. Hey, the... D-Butt, if Simmons is running and it's a zone, what is that? Why is he running? A lot of times, you know, they're trying to identify man or zone. If you run with it, they're like, oh, it's man. Yeah, uh, well, so a lot of zones, um, you know, let's say in the huddle, they call it three run. Or sometimes we used to call it three stay. And we would, we would play like three stay if we're playing an offense like probably like the Chiefs or like the Packers who do a lot of that jet, jet sweep where you can't Christian really Watson. get Christian on the Watson. other side of the field and be in a good position to set an edge or do something like Christian that. Christian Jetson. So yeah. they she weren't as, uh, as worried about it here. So this is probably just a three-run call. But I like the fact that they got into first and ten. Like, let your, let your players get back to a spot and read this coverage. Now, you saw how the Eagles played it. The Eagles played it more like matching. We're matching and running with these guys. But these are spot droppers. As a defender, you like spot dropping. You get to a spot, you get your eyes on the quarterback, and you make a play. So on, He was sitting at the 32 job. there, two yards in front of the sticks. Drops all the way back to, what, the 38? That's 18 feet. That's a pretty fucking long way. That's a long way to just kind of make an absolute miraculous play. <laughs> Looks like we got a lot of good DB play around uh-huh. the NFL. Is that why the scores are so bad, do you think? We got some low-scoring games? Yeah, some good DB play, some good receiver play, too. But good DBs, DBs making opportunity. Young guys, young guys getting plays. Uh, Sauce Gardner, I think he got his first pick. Stingley had another pick. You saw uh, Tariq Woolen. Oh, I didn't have him on there, but Woolen got another pick out in Seattle. Um, so guys, guys are making plays on the ball. Ball skills, man. Get on those jugs. Get the interception. Once again, just to uh, drive this point home, underneath coverage, AJ said it, get to your spot. When you're in a zone, when you're a zone dropper, a lot of people uh, kind of get there. Because you almost can kind of take it as like a down off. Like, okay, I'm not in a man. Like, when you're a man-to-man coverage, like, it's like a high impact. Like, it's almost like a fight. Like, everything is on 10. 
when you're in the zone as an underneath dropper, corner sometime to cover two, you can kind of get a little more lackadaisical. But the more urgency you have getting to your depth and actually getting to a spot, now I can look at this quarterback and I can react. And I can be Because if you're here and I'm still fading, and now when he breaks, you still got you to get down, you got to put a foot down, you got to get to your spot. So have a sense of urgency getting to your spot so that you can kind of feel. Sometimes you may see a route. You may see something happen. You may see someone sit down right in front of you. Or you may see him go to the flat and you say, oh, shit, I kind of know. I know the couple concepts they run when number three does that or number two does that off of emotion. So get to your spot and give yourself more opportunity. Because once they get there to their drop, they're expecting their guys to be in certain places and you can make a play on this quarterback. Hey, not a bad throw from Jalen here, right? Uh, or did he get duped? You know, as a quarterback, on the flip side, as a quarterback, they have to kind of feel that underneath coverage. You'll see Brady do it a lot and now – he kind of – Simmons, opposite of him, he didn't really get that. He just like, shit, I don't have no threat. Let me get up there. And I don't love that, but he's <laughs> up there. So he kind of takes away that check down. This is the only other check down he has. But that's probably where he should have went with that ball. You got to feel – as a quarterback, especially first and ten, if the underneath droppers just get out and they're well coached, they get out to their depth. Aaron Rodgers does it a lot. Brady does it a lot. Peyton used to do it a lot. Hey, you just take this little five-hour dump off. And at some point, the defense is going to get more aggressive, and that's when you take the chunk. But – Great job by the defense. That's a great job. What do you think about this, D Butt? What do you think about this play? I think this is absolute bullshit. I hope we get a couple of these with Matt Ryan. (laughs) Hell yeah. But I mean, this is terrible. We got a kick, try to get a kick to the nuts. Ding, ding. Not as nuts. Man, this is is, is a heartbreaker, man. 256 left on the clock. Look at Art. 256 left on the clock. What do you think he's saying? You know, third and five, to Connor's point, you saved this play the whole game. And, like, I had the same reaction. My dad's a billionaire. Why am I coaching football? <laughs> I slept on a fucking couch when I could have been yeah. sleeping on satin sheets my whole life to fucking be a football coach. And now I got this fucking bullshit. Perfectly designed. Perfect timing. About to beat the goddamn goat in the division. Man. Everybody thinks we stink. Yeah. Dean uh, Pease, man. His defense. Are you? Save that up. Dean yeah. Pease, another Belichick disciple. Mm-hmm. Dialed it up. I mean, this is. Like, look at that. Like, look at that. I mean, it's a perfect. Look at that, man. It's perfectly run, like perfectly executed on the D-line. We don't have any D-linemen on here. Uh, We will in future. People's contracts will will kind of end other places, Mm -hmm. and we'll add D-linemen into it. I would love to hear, first of all, you ever go into a D-lineman room in any football building, it's the most entertaining room. Best group, best position group in in, the locker room. Absolutely. The vibes radiating from every D-line room are ones that you want to peek your head in, would like to listen to, and see what's going on. If we had a D-lineman on this show, they would be going fucking bananas (laughs) at this perfectly executed. Like, everybody did it. 47 just took one for the team. He said, I'll do a spin move in a few people. Like, this that guy's an edge rusher. He's like, nah, I'll fucking eat up two or three blockers for this. Like, everybody bought in for Grady Jarrett to get home. Mm. And when he gets home, he's gentle with the guy. Gentle. Mm -hmm. Gets off of them quick, runs to the sideline. Celebrate with your teammates. Go celebrate with your team. And this is a, like, this is a huge, huge. moment. Uh-huh. Third and five. Third and five. We get him down. Now we give our offense an opportunity. It's a six-point game, so yep. we score and kick an extra point. We probably yeah. win it. Tough, tough, tough way. Greeny's right. All football people did talk about that being a bad call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why every person that comes in here, I'm going to show it to him and say, hey, what are your thoughts What's going on, on here? That's not football. I mean, that's like perfectly executed football yeah. from the defense side of the ball, and they don't get paid off for it at all. It's like that can't happen at the highest level. Yeah, what, what if he has an incentive and he comes one section? Oh. And that is the, the one. Two and a half million dollars. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Sack's always money. It's devastating. 
Yeah, just like picks are always money for DBs. Oh, yeah. And we're life. lucky that you break them all down for us. Ladies and gentlemen, everything DB. Hey, all right, we're going to get out of here as they try to fix the things that were broken today but weren't broken yesterday. Right. They're smarter than us. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Obviously. The people that are here are very good people. Yeah, though. they are. We have yeah, great relationships. People, people came in town? Yeah, the people that are here, we, we have great relationship with. A lot of new people coming in and out here, though, because some job has to be done by somebody who's a specialist, and it's like, okay, that makes sense. And then they leave, and no, shit everything's broken. But they probably <laughs> – I bet they say when I left, though, it was all squared away. Everything was perfect. Of course, but we have cameras here, you know, and it, the coincidence just so happens to be, like, every time that camera picks somebody going into this room, the next show that we have, something's fucked. Hmm. Yep. So – I'm I'm not the smartest person. I can't code. I can't do all the technology stuff. I try to learn as much as possible at all times because I think it's a good piece of information to have going forward, especially with how much money we paid for all this stuff and the people we employed and everything. So I have a pretty, you know, very elementary grasp on how it all works. But the one thing I do know, and I can be a student, somebody we don't know goes in there. The next show we're fucked. All hell something every single time, which then leads to like, how come we bought the most fickle machines of all time? You know, that's another thing. Raises the question. Because the people who bought them might be thinking, hey, if we buy the bad one, they're going to have to pay us. All right. Back all right. No, we're naive. We're normally like people are good people. But it seems like whenever you're trying to correct something that is in your sphere, you might be just saying, oh, fuck everything else, <laughs> you know, and yeah. unplugging other stuff. We just can't have that happen. We're four weeks into it. We'll be back tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Zito. Kind of like, uh, like buying a Ferrari. Like a Lambo yeah. or something, something goes wrong. It's like you know, you buy that old F one fifty. Yeah, that bad boy's good for three hundred thousand. Right. You can't get a robot with that one, but no, no. <laughs> you can get from A to B every single day until you can't when there's a power lever outside. That's right. Remember, we used to have the F one fifty downtown. Yeah, exactly. And then somebody was siphoning our gas because we what? basically. Yeah, that was outside the last oh, office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The last office had a uh, an actual it's like a kill switch, like a movie size, mm-hmm. like. Literally the size of my arm yeah, okay. that was yeah. red. And you just pull it down and it cuts off all power. Basically to our said, building. pull me on it. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> Never happened before. And then it happened about five times in a month. Can't protect it either because that's a, a code violation. Yeah, mm-hmm. Have to keep that. So we have to keep the power switch that is six foot tall right outside of our office. Have to keep, yeah, code. Have to yep. have it. Yeah. Can't wait to get out of here. I Can't yeah. wait to get out of here. There's a final. Then we get here. Now it's yeah. much smaller little switches that are just <laughs> getting moved back here. It's, one way or the other, we'll get it figured out, AJ. We'll get it figured out, won't we? I mean, the, the switch, the big old lever down at the downtown place seems a bit tough with all the different random people walking around. Anyone could just pull that. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. Random people. They did. We had problems. Hey, won't you have a generator? Well, it was a full kill switch to the entire yeah, block. Yeah, basically. <laughs> right. I don't know what it It was incredible. It was yeah, unbelievable. It's code. It's like fire Can't chain it up. It's code. Yeah. Mm-hmm. some point. Exactly. Somebody's going to grab that thing. Tasty. Now that we're yeah. gone, I kind of want to go back and bolt, to be honest. That's <laughs> illegal. That's against code. Okay. Can't do it. I will. Uh, we'll be, hey, everything DB was awesome. Yeah, yeah, was. AJ, you were fantastic. We couldn't have any guests on today. We apologize to Jonathan Stewart and Gabe Davis. It is 100% our fault. Our shit's fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, we appreciate them potentially taking time to chat with us. Hopefully, we'll be able to do that tomorrow. When we wake up tomorrow, AJ, we got another football game. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. When we wake up, I might not go to sleep. Smart. Me neither. Good point. It's going to be one of the, it's going to be a barn burn, I'm telling you. Yes. It's all about managing expectations. Everyone's expectations are super low, so it's going to be awesome. Commanders 
Bears, one week removed from the prime shit bowl. How will Carson and Ron Rivera, who have made bygones be bygones, and the commanders traveling to Chicago, the third largest city in the United States of America? Commanders, Bears, Thursday night, Al Michaels, Kirk Herbstreet, buy prime if you don't have it. This is a once in a lifetime matchup that if you miss, you'll regret. Let's go to bed. Let's have a good one. Let's wake up tomorrow excited about an epic battle of titans a clash of the colossal tomorrow night on prime aj hawk can't wait i bet al is so juiced can you imagine juiced. he was so pumped up last game this game he is going to be on fire what do you say last week you know sometimes a game can be so bad it's good do you know what i mean herbie no, no. <laughs> yeah i love, al. I love al's the man well yeah. it feels like herbie they're and al giving. though are starting yeah, to, yeah they're, they're finding they're their awesome. groove they are yeah they've both done it mm-hmm. like Al obviously has done it since 1970. I think he had a 50th anniversary of calling games or something like that. I think in 50 years he's been doing. Herbie, though, you know, this is like people judge Aaron next to Tom. Because like, oh, Aaron's not that old. It's like, you know, he's 30 fucking eight. I mean, he is. He's been around a long time. He's like, yeah, Tom's 44, though, 45. It's like, get it. He's been around a long time. Al Michaels, 50 years. Herbie's been doing like 20 years worth of. Yeah. Long time. You know what I mean? So a lot both, of hours. Yeah, both very, you know, good. I bet both have their own ways of doing things. Seems like they're able to come together and connect in a very good manner. I love listening to them. Love the Prime Vision. Can't wait to watch the Commanders. So thankful for you, Darius. And I can't so, wait to watch you bury home. Here we go. A money shot for oh, yeah. come on, the people. D, but if you make one of these shots, whether it's the two basketballs, two footballs, right. or anything else you throw, we will give 10 people who retweet this $500 now to absolutely qualify. You have to not only retweet the tweet, but you have mm-hmm. to reply with saying something nice to somebody. Mm-hmm. I said some mean stuff to somebody earlier. He deserved it. <laughs> but on the internet, you should say something nice to somebody, a little bit more positivity, and put your cash tag in there, and 10 randoms will win $500 because our guy, Darius J. Butler, knocked down a money shot to end this glorious Winter Wednesday, October 12th, 2000. 22. Come on, D-Bot. Here we go. Under the- Gotta go back to the bank. Is it open? Nope. Too high. Sorry. Oh. Got another opportunity. Hit the backboard. Got another- you look incredibly cool today. The outfit yeah. is very fresh. Thank you, Cuts. Connor said it hit the backboard at least. This one hit. Uh-oh. That's it. Oh. oh, it's coming back. It's coming back. It's coming back. Shit. Bonus, 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 bonus ball. Bonus ball. They're tight today, AG, right? Bonus ball. Ladies and gentlemen. Darius Sweet ball shooter thing. Hey, thank you. Yeah, it's cool. Awesome. Yeah, kick. Dr. Dish one, D butt zero. Yeah, D butt. D butt won 17 of 50 earlier. Yeah, Damn. it was despicable. Uh, you, gotta, you gotta get over the net. It's hard. Yeah, you just gotta have a job. Not <sighs> really. And Darius got one. That's why. 10 people. Oh, jeez. Ah! Oh. That was a moon ball. Sorry, people. Oh, ball came back to you. <laughs> Ball's gone. Football, 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 right there. Football, 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 right football, 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 Oh, yeah, you're really going to have to hug yeah, that thing. Throw a little juice you're on it. There's nothing in there. Yeah. I drank them. I got energy. Yeah, you're going to have to hug them. Right oh, there. nice. That's in. That's the one we need. Oh! Oh! oh. Don't throw Jesus. Don't throw Jesus. Jesus. Hey, Frisbee a couple books, D-Butt. 
Oh, those some good books. Oh, we got George. We got 1984. Yeah. You want to read it or you want to swear? I read it. I can't like throw the mastery of love. Oh, okay. So yeah, you got to master the throw. Oh! Get oh, legs. Oh, no. oh. All right. Tough day. Yeah, Tough what day. Do you really good work. Better day tomorrow. Yeah, we will. I hope. I mean, yeah, who knows? I bl- I blame, t- I'll blame the, the shit's fault. The whoa. Yeah, whoa, whoa. It's yeah. the network. It's the network. <laughs> the network. Yeah, pointing fingers somewhere. It's, <laughs> it's, it's the network. Um, two times during this show, big pops in my ear. Might have blew up both my eardrums. <laughs> sure. And I lost sound to everything. I didn't have to show lost sound in my ear or if I actually did lose hearing. Ears. Tomorrow we're not going to have that. No, 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 no. No, no chance. No. Tomorrow Darius is going to make a shot. Hell yeah. All right. Yeah. Coach Pagano is going to make a shot. Wide. Tomorrow we got commanders and bears to talk Wide. about. Wide. More stories. Tomorrow is the day that we've been dreaming of, AJ. We can't thank you enough for joining us. You're the man. Thank you to everybody that watches. We'll win some money for you tomorrow. Hell All yeah. Right. Have a great one. We'll see you in about uh, 20 hours and 41 minutes. Boom. Have a good one. Cheers.